This is the Manga Mavericks podcast from allcomic.com, episode 24. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Sid, and we have a special guest today. Yes, uh, our special guest today, just to uh, introduce him real quick, is uh, Maxi Bernard from uh, from uh, one of my favorite podcasts, a very, uh, very, very enjoyable uh, informative podcast on the inner workings of Weekly Shonen Jump, known as Friendship Effort Victory, which, uh, to my understanding, is finally coming back from a very long hiatus. Uh, hi, Maxi, how are you doing? Hey guys, I'm I'm doing real good, and yes, yeah, it's back from two years, which is a scary amount of time in internet terms. Like to everyone, that's like fifty years in real time. <laughs> um, I guess just real quick, Maxi, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, no surprise to everyone listening that we did try to we did record an episode with you a little while back that unfortunately uh, I screwed up on and now no one's ever going to get to listen to it. So we'll just pretend this is your first time on the show. Uh, um, but uh, I guess just in case, you know, our listeners don't know, or have never listened to friendship effort victory. We just want to talk real briefly about, uh, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a Shonen jump podcast, but what, what kind of series have you covered on the show um, in the past? If you want to give us a little taste of that for people who may have not listened to the show. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, it's usually just like uh, 20 minutes on any one series, which is strange because I'll do anything of any length as long as it's been in Shonen Jump, uh, which sounded like a bit of a rude statement, but we'll roll with that. Uh, <laughs> the, it's kind of a tendency towards cancelled oddities or like series that haven't been brought over to English officially yet. Uh, like I've done episodes on Marzinger Z, the original Kinniku Man, uh, Santa, a cancelled series from like 2003, 2004 that has nothing to do with Christmas and everything to do with a hole in your stomach with teeth. Uh, it, it's literally <laughs> just, if it, if it's there, if it's interesting and I can find something to say about it, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, as time's gone on, I've kind of focused more on it being a sort of positive thing where instead of just telling you about the comic, I'm telling you what makes it good or interesting or terror bad, you know, like that, that sort of thing where you just want to read it, even though it's not a good time. And uh, that that's kind of coming forth with the relaunch now, where I'm actually just going to be doing my seven favorite series that aren't called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Nice. That's good. Uh, th th thank you for writing such nice things about us, by the way. Well, I mean, that's that's how I get onto the show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see if you can beat me at manga fights, Maxie. Oh, I'll find a way one day. One day. We will have a rematch. But yeah, I mean, if, if anyone ever wants a, um, just kind of a sample of what Maxie is talking about with Friendship Ever Victory, you know, we, I, I did put up an old, uh, podcast of mine from the manga corner about us talking about, uh, High Fight Cluster, which was, uh, one of Viz's very first jump starts, which I, I believe you also wrote about in your, uh, article about us on, uh, on, on your website. Uh, I, I still really like, I, I still, enjoy listening to that conversation every once in a while that was that was that was probably one of our better first conversations actually yeah like it, it, it made for a pretty good episode and like again really interesting listening after having recorded it so long before because like i had forgotten half the stuff we'd said in it so i was just like man i really agree with this younger version of me <laughs> now and then <laughs> yeah like like i just i just i still had that on my computer because i didn't really because like I was so heartbroken that I didn't get to release it over on um, Anime Three Thousand, I was really sad I didn't get to put that up anywhere. Like I, 
like there was no way I couldn't just I couldn't just delete it. I didn't want to. Like I saved it just in case I ever had the opportunity to put it up, and thankfully I did, thanks to All Comic. But uh, yeah, you know, like I said, in case anyone wants a taste of what Max is talking about with Friendship Ever Victory, you should go listen to that. That's episode twenty one point five, and you should also listen to our uh, JoJo's Month podcast, our uh, our JoJo's discussion, manga fight, and Q and A special. Uh, if you haven't just yet, we worked really hard on all of those all month. And they're by far our most popular videos on YouTube in terms of watch time. So, oh, yeah, that's right. We're on, we're on YouTube. We're on, we're also on YouTube now. You should really yeah. go subscribe to us. Yeah, we need a hundred subscribers to get our custom URL, guys. Make it happen. Yeah, we've we've been doing a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Good uh, clickbait titles on some of those, Sid. I really have to give it to you. Well, that's how YouTube works. <laughs> it's really well executed. Like, just the way you kind of cut up the, the stuff you need. And just, oh. Like, the, some of the titles really are just things I'd expect to see on, like, a Facebook sidebar. Like, you've <laughs> nailed it. Do you guys know you did eight and a half hours of JoJo, by the way? Yeah, we that's, did. That's an insane, and like none of it's really wasted time. Like that's an insane accomplishment. Yeah, we've gone on even longer. There is still so much we didn't talk about. Yeah, we 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 could have gone on longer, but um, Colton doesn't like to edit things that are uh, nine plus hours long. So uh... <laughs> yeah, you had to hit that half limit. <laughs> uh, but I think we should probably uh, move on to the news. Yeah. Now, normally we start off with the New York Times list, but sorry to inform you guys, uh, they're, they're not doing those anymore. Yeah, we should probably talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so the New York Times list recently had discontinued a bunch of uh, lists, including the gra- top graphic novel and top manga lists. And yeah they supposedly are doing these because of lack of interest, which clearly from the outrage to Twitter, I don't think is true, and they claim that they're gonna replace these lists with more focus on this content, which well, they certainly didn't announce that they were gonna go do that in like a press release beforehand uh the The big thing that's very suspicious about this is that they gave no notice to publishers that they were going to discontinue this list, and they made no press release about this. This is just something that you know subscribers to New York Times like found out about, and then they raised a motion and then afterwards, New York Times put out a a response and see the big problem about this and we'll get into just generally. Uh, in terms of the graphic novel industry as a whole, is that the New York Times top graphic novel list highlighted a bunch of comics people normally wouldn't think of as being extremely successful and popular. Like, uh, there's the comics from this one female, uh, artist, which I should have prepared better notes to say. Uh, yes. Raina Telgemon? Yes, yes, her. Like, she dominates the list. She dominated the graphic novels list. Like, her books... Literally never left it from the point that Smile came out. Like, there was always something by her on there. Yeah, like, her books dominated. And, you know, other female creators, their books also popped in on the list and were extremely successful. So the New York Times list, they served as kind of... Not only, like, a badge of honor for a lot of books, you know, to be able to claim, and that helps move copies and get press and get, like, attention, but it also kind of vindicates that there are 
it's a huge audience for comics for all sorts of people and being made by all sorts of people. It's not just the regular superhero stuff that people think of when they think of comics. And with the manga list now in particular, that is the only way that a lot of us have, were ever able to gauge, you know, what certain series, how well certain series are doing and stacked up against other series. We may have complained, like, generally about One Punch Man and Tokyo Ghoul, like, dominating those lists in recent years. But it was just so interesting also to see, yeah, there are shoujo manga that are getting really popular. Like, Orange popped up on the list. Like, Princess Jellyfish and Ping on the list was a huge deal and a huge, like, wave of satisfaction that was very exciting to talk about and think about. Haikyuu's success on the list was extremely important to see and was very exciting to think about. This list, the manga list served as a great gauge for both fans and publishers to see how well certain titles are tapping up against each other, noticing trends, and then like what's changing and where the audiences are. And, you know, they still have their own personal information, but the now the lack of, like, competitive, like, let's see how this is stacking up against this other, other series from this other publisher, that loss is, like, huge. And especially for fans who want to, like, keep up with these trends like us and, like, see, like, what is changing in terms of, like, where the readership is and the demographics are. But the ultimate big, big thing that I have to criticize this decision for is the suspicious politics behind it. Um, so uh, recently, uh, our president, our great president, Donald Trump, he criticized Senator John Lewis and like kind of attacked him on Twitter. And in the wake of that, Lewis's graphic novel trilogy, March, gained a significant amount of of uh, more sales and started dominating the times list again and uh it was doing extremely well on there it was on there it was like number one for six weeks recently and as you may all know trump has been actively like targeting the new york times calling it fake news and like really like hammering it and putting pressure on it. And so it's very suspicious and this is already speculative, but this is big like theory that there's some politics involved in their decision to get rid of these graphic novels lists. And part of that is because of the success of March on the list and the controversy with Trump. But more than that, of course, is just the general attitude that the New York Times curators seem to have towards graphic novels. Pamela Paul, the same person on Twitter who, uh, you know, promises, like, there's going to be more comics-focused content coming in the future, she posted a tweet about March that was like, hey, kids, look how well this book is going. And March isn't... Okay, so, first of all, that feels just unfairly dismissive of March as a comic book to just, this, to like, to write a tweet like that. Because it, it, from, for it, from that tweet, it seems to indicate that she thinks March is a kid's book. But you look at March and what it's about, Senator John Lewis's struggles, like, during the civil rights movement, it isn't 
a simple kid's book. Yes, as she so often likes to claim, it is written for grades 8 and up, but it is just like a powerful political book, and it isn't just a simple kid's book, and it deserves like a little more respect than that. And like the biggest thing, like looking just through all the discussions she's had with other comics creators is like that Pamela Paul didn't seem to really have read March or really have an appreciation for comics at all. She considers comics a genre instead of a medium. And she never mentions specifics about March when she like mentions when she like when people call her out on it. She just says March was won these awards for children's books. And she never mentions like specifically what about March is great for children out of sight, the most vague things. And it's all and not the not the you know, like heavily harp on Pamela Paul or anything. Like I, I don't know her personally, but like her comments are really indicative of this attitude, this elitism that like looks down on comics and dismisses them that is really disappointing and concerning. Now, the New York Times list in the first place was created back in 2008 because people were complaining that Watchmen, after this movie came out, like, the sales of Watchmen, like, rose through the roof and was selling extremely well, but it wasn't appearing on, like, bestseller lists. So, you know, people were complaining to the New York Times and they were saying, oh, don't worry, we're going to create our own new list for comic books coming soon. Yeah. And I bet they weren't going to be creating those until, like, people were complaining that Mar- that Watchmen wasn't being recept- represented on the bestseller list. You know, I-, I just feel just generally the attitude. They weren't even think they didn't think of it as a real book, so they kind of ghettoed out comic books into their own list. But, you know, it worked out for comic book fans because it gave us good trend news, it gave us vindication, and, and we let, and you know, it was very important to the community. But now they're taking it away, and it seems to be for this political reason, and they seem to not really care that much about it, because the people who, you know, working at New York Times who are responsible for this decision don't seem to really have much vested interest in comic books, and it's just all extremely frustrating and really disappointing. And, you know, there's just... You just gotta hope that, like, someone else picks up the slack when New York Times is leading up. Someone else organizes new lists that, you know, give us a weekly rundown of what comics are really doing well stateside and, and in bookstores. And especially for manga, I think, you know, it, we really need news. Because if graphic novels aren't appearing on bestseller lists, like American graphic novels, you can bet for sure, that you're not seeing any manga on the bestseller list. Because if the ad- if the general attitude towards comic books is dismissive, then the attitude towards manga by mainstream people is extremely, like, negative and dismissive. And, yeah, we're not seeing any manga pop up on young adult bestseller lists or whatever they... or whatever they're going to, like, supposedly put, be able to put, you know, the graphic novels on. Like, the whole thing is, like, supposedly graphic novels are now eligible for these other lists, but who knows if they're actually going to put them on, or they're going to, like, you know, do some weird politics or whatever. So, you know, this is a whole, like, can of worms, whole really big thing to be disappointed about. And, yeah, it's, uh, 
It's not something to be happy about. And I'm definitely going to miss the New York Times bestselling manga list because it was extremely important to the manga industry and into manga fans in particular to like see what is doing well and, you know, get excited about things. But yeah, it's, it's just very disappointing. It makes me sad. It makes me want to drink. Here's some, uh, Things came out like it's absolute bull if it is the case that like March's presence there was an issue considering all the petty arguments Trump gets into. Uh, especially considering that's a comic that that's going to go down in the same sort of way that like Mouse or Barefoot Gen has, where it actually becomes a teachable book, like that yeah. is put in the hands of like students so they can read it and understand things both about the art form and about how the representation of history for the art form can work. Like it's madness to try and downplay the importance of March. Like it's a huge book, uh, but there's also this other element you didn't really touch on it here, but I think it's worth mentioning uh, being able to have a reprint or a future volume in a series, say uh, a New York times bestseller is supposed to be this, this mark of prestige. Like there's signs that having it actually on the book uh, is really good for evergreen sales. Yeah. And so a part of me wonders if there's been this sort of stupid fear in the minds of uh, the New York Times and the relevant department to kind of go like, oh, is it losing its prestige because it's being used on a uh, a less traditional written format? I wouldn't be surprised. I'm wondering if it is like a prestige move, if they're going like written authors don't seem as happy that they're able to see comic books with this same thing on, let's take it down. Like, that seems as likely as a political move to me, and in either case, it's really wrong-headed. Yeah, it's it's just, there's no good reason for why they've done this. And it remains to be seen if they're really going to follow through on their promise to give comics more coverage. But just losing that claim to be able to say, New York Times bestseller, that badge of honor, that is a huge blow to so many comics creators, and and like just the industry in general. Yeah, it's just bad stuff. So let's wash that taste out of our mouths and talk about the one list that we can count on to get kind of a good sense of how manga is doing competitively. And that's the book scan list. Colton, would you like to run that down? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to go over a few uh, select uh, titles that have made it on the book scan top 20 graphic novels list for uh, January 2017. Like we uh, mentioned earlier, M- March, uh, the first book and uh, and the trilogy set uh, both made number one and number two. But right under that at number three is uh, One Punch Man Volume 10. Uh, so that's always good to see uh, One Punch Man make it so high on these lists. Uh and along at uh, all the way down at number seven is uh, the second volume of the Legend of Zelda, uh, the legendary edition, I assume, from uh, Akira Himikawa. And uh, let's see, at uh, number nine, we have volume six of the Ancient Magus Bride from uh, Seven Seas. Um, I see that around a lot. I really do kind of want to get to that because apparently a lot of people really like that series. Um and uh, obviously at number 10, it wouldn't be a top 10 without uh, Tokyo Ghoul Volume 10 uh, from Viz at number 10. There's just two more manga, well, three more manga that are on this list. Legend of Zelda Volume 1 at 11, still doing extremely well. Tokyo Ghoul Volume 1 at number 14, again, extremely doing well. And Attack of Titan 20, which is at 16. I've got to say, but I, I don't, don't know if I brought it up last time, but I'm always 
really surprised by how well Akira Himakawa's uh, Zelda volumes do in the uh, in the book scan lists. Like, not to say they've got any lack of quality, but his art, well, uh, their art style, I think they're a duo, uh, is, like, quite old-fashioned. Hmm. Like, is it just that Nintendo branding that really helps push it that high up? Or, like, is there just, am I wrong on a trend? Like, do people dig that sort of art? Hmm. Uh... I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure if I can really say. Uh, what about you, Sid? Uh I mean, I haven't read this all the manga, so I can't really say what's what's so appealing about it. But I think, like, just generally, it's a good telling of the story. I think. I just assumed it was Zelda, and people really like Zelda, so it'll sell. Yeah, I think it's kind of. I think you know, popular Nintendo franchises like you make products related to that, and people are going to go out for it because. Video games and the Nintendo franchises are more mainstream than a lot of manga titles are. Like everyone, there's a lot more people who are into stuff like Pokemon and Mario and Zelda, and they're also very kid friendly too. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, yeah. Um, but I think we should move on to the next thing. Yeah. So while New York Times might not be recognizing manga and graphic novels anymore. Uh, there are still groups that are. The Young Adult Library Services Association released its 2017 list of great graphic novels for teens, and 14 of its 104 titles are manga. And in particular, Orange from Ichigo Takano ranked in its top 10. So that was really cool. Other manga that were spotlighted included the first volume of Nichi Joe, the first volume of Haikyuu, first volume of Devil's Line, first volume of Busco Hattori's Behind the Scenes, the first two volumes of Horimiya, the first volume of Princess Jellyfish, Tokyo Ghoul volumes 3, 6, 7, and 7, 8, and 9. I wonder why 4 and 5 didn't rank. Anyway, School Alive volumes 1 and 1 through 3, Yone of the Dawn volume 1, That Wolf Boy is Mine volume 1, A Silent Voice volumes 4 to, to 7, and Monthly Girls in Ozaki Khan volume 1, and Yowomushi Petal volume 1. Some good titles spotlighted that came out last year, which is really cool to see some recognition for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some impressive choices. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad Nichi Joe is on there of all places, and, you know, thanks to, uh, Vertical's release and now the uh, Funimation release of the anime. I'm glad that's getting more exposure because that is a really great show. Yeah, that's why that's why I wanted to recommend that uh, translator Tea Time podcast to you because the translator for Nichi Joe is one is one of the hosts on that podcast. Oh no, I really am going to have to listen. Yeah, uh, but I guess moving on from uh, well, actually speaking of libraries, um, so I found this really cool thing the other day, and I, I had the show Sid because I I thought it was really cool, and I really thought it was worth mentioning on the show that um, Viz and their uh, Shoujo Beat lineup. Uh, I can't, I'm not sure if it's uh, all of their lineup, but definitely a good chunk of it is uh, now available digitally through something called uh, Overdrive.com, which I did a little research on it and even tried it out myself. Basically. It's this uh, website slash app where you can basically rent or borrow digital copies of of uh, of books through your local library, and uh, it looks like uh, Overdrive.com is uh, offering uh, a lot of shoujo beat titles uh, for for uh, for digital reading uh, titles such as you know Skip Beat, Otomen, uh, Natsume's Book of Friends, or on High School Host Club. Uh, Yona of the Dawn, Kamisama Kiss, and so much more. There's a lot of, a uh, lot of interesting titles on here that I still need to read. Um, 
And uh, basically, you know, with your library card, you know, if you, you have a library card through your local library, obviously, uh, you can you can check these out and read them for free on your phone, tablet, or e-reader. Um, and uh, I see, I'm, I'm reading through this right now, and uh, I didn't know this trying to, because uh, my, my library sucks, and uh, I actually tried um, using OverDrive through my local library, and uh, they had, like, no manga on there for me to read, so that kind of sucked. Um, I mean, my, my, my local library's selection of manga isn't really all that stellar to begin with for some reason and maxi you'll love this they have all of toriko for some reason and that's like and that's like the one <laughs> the one complete series that they have everything else is pretty scattered somehow i thought that was pretty interesting um so I guess someone there really likes toriko somebody there really likes toriko i don't know I can see a lot, like, that library in particular of mine is located right, uh, actually located right across from the high school I used to go to, so, uh, I, it is funny, actually, what, I, I was probably, like, the only one at my high school requesting any manga at that library, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, because I did, I did request Toriko at one point, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just happened to get all of it right after I graduated, too, which really kind of blows but uh it's neither here nor there so you know according to uh a shoujo beats official tumblr post you know you, you can request titles uh you know from your local library if they aren't listed on your library's website and all that kind of stuff so uh, i think sid we should probably leave a link for this post in particular in case anyone is interested in uh checking out some shoujo titles for hopefully from their local library yeah definitely Definitely use this uh, service because this is really, really useful. I think generally digital manga is a great trend that we're all moving towards. Yeah, and hopefully all the diehard print fans can, uh, can you know, uh, can finally see the light and see that digital manga is not bad. Uh, your 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 print your print manga is not going to be going away anytime soon because you read one digital volume or something. Yeah, those are just my thoughts. I'm just editorializing there. I'm going to agree with it. Uh, by and large, digital's. I mean, more than anything, it's really great for archival. Oh but yeah. Like, uh, there's a weirdly resistant uh, sect of people, especially among manga communities, who just want nothing to do with it. I mean, it, you see this like with the you could buy a year of Weekly Shonen Jump for ten dollars last week. Yeah. And like people are going, oh, I just want the print edition. I it's know. Like, no, I, I, saw, I saw. I saw all that too, and it made me really upset. And like, and also people who are like, there, there aren't any Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> like, are you st- yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> you can get the Yu-Gi-Oh cards if you pay the full price. The sale didn't include the Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, and a lot of people were pretty upset about that, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you know, the, sending out the Yu-Gi-Oh cards is actually quite a like involved process. So they couldn't have done it for that cheap. It's yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, and ten dollars for what amounts to like volume like 50 volumes worth of content considering how many weekly series they run is just amazing so say it's uh it's 49 issues a year that hit roughly 200 pages each time like you're getting a lot of stuff and like yeah i mean i don't read everything i don't read ruby anymore i don't really read uh whichever Yu-Gi-Oh series is currently running but like even taking those out like it's still the cheapest comic I'm reading like on an issue by issue basis by far it's an amazing deal like you can't buy 
regular, you can't buy like mainstream superhero comics for as good as deal. You can't keep up with them like for as cheap as you can keep up with like multiple Shonen Jump series just all in one place, all for only twenty six dollars normally. And then last Monday it was available for ten dollars, and it even you can have it even cheaper five dollars if it had this special code. And it was insane. Insane. See, I see. I would. I actually would. Like, I I renewed my subscription for another year up to the end of 2018 because of that sale, and and then I, I like right after I had found out about that code. But like, as soon as I found out about the code, like I was bummed, but I was also like, I actually would have felt bad only paying 4.99 <laughs> for a for a yearly subscription because that's that's kind of a steal. Like, I feel like I'm kind of taking away money from Viz at that point. Yeah. yeah, like I, I want to give money to Viz. I don't, I don't want to take away that much from. Yeah, them. Yeah, they're working hard. <laughs> like Marlene was complaining on a recent Shonen Jump podcast, like, "Oh man, if I had to do a bunch of more series, I would die from overwork because people keep requesting, you know, uh, p- them to add more series, and a lot of them would be series Marlene would have to edit. So, yeah. Mm. But that you know they need the money to get. Uh, what's it? Yuri and he needs more wigs, doesn't he? Like. Yeah, he needs, to, he needs more money for his crazy costumes to wear on the live streams. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so support Shonen Jump, guys. Digital manga is not bad, I promise. That's all, yeah. that's all we're trying to say. Uh, so uh, what's what's the next thing we're going to be talking about? Well, if you do want to talk about physical manga, Dark Horse is finally releasing a new Berserk manga in over three years. Volume 39 is coming out soon. Is that actually the latest one that's in Japan as well? Yeah, it came out last... The latest one that came out last June. I was going to say, because I'm pretty sure there's, like, really big gaps between each Berserk volume, like, in Japan anyway, isn't there? Like, yeah. The, the author does not produce... Like, he produces more than the author of Bastard does, right? <laughs> but not much more. I think the Master of the Bastard is still on hiatus or something. Yeah, well, te- technically Berserk's on hiatus in between each chapter. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a default status. It's just, if there's not a chapter coming out, it's on hiatus. It's like a bonus. Yeah. Well... Which uh, which Hunter Hunter could do well to learn from. It should never announce it's resuming. It should just kind of say, bonus, here's ten chapters. <laughs> like, it's the way. Yeah, that's probably a good yeah. point. Um, yeah, so, new Berserk volume, volume 38 in July. This volume is pretty great because it's going to have the chapters where Rickard goes to what I forget the name of the city Griffith, you know, creates, but he goes to there and he has this interesting like confrontation with Griffith. And it's, it's a really cool character development it, volume for Rickard. Though I don't know why Guts is on the cover since it's, he, I don't think he's going to appear that much in the volume. It's mainly about Rickard. So, but whatever, new berserk. Because it'll sell more volumes. I guess, I guess I, I'm pretty sure more people care about Guts and Rickard, but, Still, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of a new manga coming out, uh, we talked about on a previous episode about Free Comic Book Day and how uh, Viz is putting out a special preview of of their of the legendary edition of of uh, the Legend of Zelda from uh, Akira Himakawa. And apparently, along with that, on Free Comic Book Day, there's going to be a free preview of both Dragon Ball Super and uh, the Boruto Naruto spinoff. Which I think is uh, pretty cool. I um, it is worth mentioning that uh, you know if you if you can't wait until Free Comic Book Day that uh, both Dragon Ball Super uh, and I, I believe Boruto right yep 
And uh, a lot of other series are actually uh, free to read on Viz.com, including, you know, stuff like, you know, The Emperor and I and Astro Lost in Space, uh, you know, like two titles there from Jump Plus, which I really hope at some point they add some more stuff from Jump Plus because I would like to read more titles from that. Actually, no, L Dive. Um, I believe is also another Jump Plus title. They have that up on there now too. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. You you can read. You oh, can read that. that. Pleases me. <laughs> I I should pay more attention to this stuff. That shouldn't have amazed me as much as it did. <laughs> but I I did not I did not expect Viz to revisit Akira Romano, even if it is by releasing the stuff for free. Like nice. I mean, it's also. That's true, but it's also even more surprising that they even picked up Astra in the first place, considering they didn't even touch Sket Dance. Oh yeah, they they had no intentions of going near Skate Dance with a ten foot pulse. Like Astra is an amazing miracle. Like, I love that that's being done. Astra's great. I love reading it. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So those are up for free on Viz.com if you want to read them. But hey, you know it it might be it might be cool for archival sakes to maybe collect uh, your 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 uh, free comic book day preview of Dragon Ball Super. So yeah, well, it's uh, it's really smart as well because. It's not them pushing people to buy something. It's literally just them going, here's a free comic. Did you know we have a website where you can read more of it? Like, as far as like an actual tactic to pull people in goes, that's really smart. They've, they've outdone themselves with that one. Yeah. That is, that is actually, actually, that is a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, so yeah, hopefully that does well for them. And uh, you can look forward to that on free comic book day. Yeah. But if you're more of a Sunday person, Maybe you'd be interested in entering a little contest that Monthly Shonen Sunday is holding. Uh, they want to make a spin-off of uh, Soichiro Yamamoto's popular uh, comic, Tagaki-san is Good at Pranks. And the, this self-dubbed Tagaki-san Cup is being implemented as part of their Newcomer Award program. Artists, both professional and mature, are encouraged to apply, and applications are open until April 12th. And the goal of the contest is to create a spin-off set in the world of Tagaki-san, focusing on the everyday lives of Tagaki and Nishikata's classmates. So if you're a fan of the series, and you love the idea of getting to be the official creator of a spin-off of it, definitely apply to this contest. But if you're more of a Bandai Namco fan, Bandai Namco also has their own retro game manga writing contest that they're doing. This contest, uh, which, if you win, will be awarded the Nas Tomo Prize. Uh, you will basically, you get to, you basically choose, uh, one Bandai Namco property, and then work from a suggested team and you can make a manga, novella, or essay based on Bandai Namco's properties. And so the ca- and so you can uh, upload your manga via the Manga Box Indies Creators website and the co- that contest ends on March 7th with the winners announced on April 25th. Well, written work should be uploaded at, at Lista and that contest for data ends on February 28th with the winners announced in mid-April. And the series that you can write about include Battle City, Dig Dug, Dragon Buster, Galaga, Galaxian, Genji and the Hakey Clans, Katamari, Damacy, 
Kosodate Quiz My Angel, Kotoba no Puzzle Mojpitan, Mappy, Mr. Driller, Pac-Man, Sky Kid, Starluster, Tower of Babel, Tower of Juega, Reguin no Bogen, Toki no Kagi Densetsu, Wagonland, Wonder Momo, Zevius, and Yokai Doshiki. So yeah, if you're interested, if you like Bandai Namco and you want to write some uh, stuff on it or draw manga on their works, definitely enter this contest. Now we're going to be moving into some manga ending news. And first is a little bit of an update on something that we had previously reported on, that uh, the Ruby manga uh, by Shiro Miwa that's running in Riki Shonen Jump, our Riki Shonen Jump, is ending this month with Chapter 14. But according to some sources, uh, particular the former scan later of the manga, uh, the ending of chapter 14 ended with a to be continued. So the manga might be continuing after all. It's still extremely unclear. And I skimmed through the raws of the chapter and it's, it's very hard to tell whether it is going to continue or not. But I feel like it is probably ending. So whether it's this month or next month remains to be seen, I guess. But I guess we'll know in a few weeks when Viz catches up or whatever. Yeah, I think definitely by the time we record our next episode, we'll probably have more concrete info about that. Yeah. Now on to stuff that we know definitively are ending. My Son's Secret, otherwise known as Actually I Am, which had an anime and the print re- release of the manga over here last year, uh, that is ending uh, on February 16th. So yeah, that series is wrapping up, but it had a pretty healthy run with volumes going into the 20s. So that's pretty good for a rom- rom-com series. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, seemed pretty fun. It's respectable. Another manga ending this month is a personal favorite of mine, Yamada Kun and the Seven Witches, which will be ending on uh, at the end of the month, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised based on the direction the series had taken in recent chapters. But definitely, you know, it is going to be a little sad to see it go. I mean, it did feel like it was a little stagnant in the past year, so... You know, honestly, maybe it could have ended even earlier, but it was a totally enjoying series beginning to end. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll miss it. Another manga that I'm sad to see end is Ashika High's Competitive Dance Club, otherwise, you know, also known as Straighten Up over here. Uh, Wiz ran that as a jump start, like, back in 2015, and I re- really enjoyed what I had read of the series. It was very cute. It's a shame... It seems it lasted for a little while, but it looks like it is reaching its climax very soon, ending with the 86th chapter, 23 pages long. Shame that I couldn't read 100 chapters, but you know, I thought it was a very fun series. For, it, it ran for it ran for about two years or so. That's pretty good for a jump title. Respectable. I mean, but not just that, but like uh, I was saying before the show began as well, but like. 86 chapters for something by Yoko that's drawn this tightly, like, considering that Yoko's traditionally quite a loose artist when doing stuff elsewhere, like, on a weekly basis, that's, that's kind of rare, like, and nobody would have called that it would have lasted this long, to be honest, let alone its subject matter and, like, sort of unshown and jump art style, like, 
it it's it's a success story despite not actually being a success story. It was a trooper. I was kind of expecting it to get cancelled like a lot sooner, honestly. I've said before as well, but like I'm I'm very I'm surprised it did as well as it did and lasted as long as it did, like when there are series elsewhere, like Welcome to the Ballroom, that were doing what it was doing, but with a lot more craft and a lot less stereotyping behind it. Yeah. Like it's it, it's nice to have seen. It's done very well for what it is. Uh, there's again, there's a dancing manga I like more than it. But like, what an accomplishment in Shonen Jump! Yeah, I hope people remember it uh, at all in the years to come. Uh, well, like, it's just always the struggle. But yeah, uh, continuing with our um, our ending manga news, uh, pretty pretty big. Uh, title is uh preparing for an end it seems uh th- that being the uh to love rue darkness manga that runs in uh jump square uh is is basically advertising the beginning of its uh of its last story arc and is going to be uh jump square is going to be giving it the uh, front cover it seems so uh that's it's pretty that's that's pretty interesting to see that series go i mean i don't have much att- attachment to it but it's just one of those things that, like, you just kind of expect to see around, and it's going to be kind of weird to see it gone. Well, specifically, it's entering its final arc, and that's what the announcement is, so who knows? It'll probably run for four more years or something. Uh, maybe that's also true. It's possible. At the same time, like, it's bizarre to even hear that it's ending, because, I mean, it's an actual end. It's one of Jump Square's, like, what, two most popular series? It's like that and Blue Exorcist that tend to get the most attention. Uh, maybe, maybe Platinum End. I don't know how that's been received. So, like, that's that's huge. I forget. Doesn't no JoJo doesn't run in Jump Square, does no, it? No, that's Ultra Jump. That's Ultra Jump. That's, that's right, Ultra that's Jump right. with Ruby. That's that's the magazine for weirdos, Colton. We don't talk about <laughs> Ultra Jump. Well, I mean, uh, it's 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 pr- uh, that's it's pretty fair that JoJo's in there too because JoJo's is pretty weird. Exactly. Like they chose the right location for it to thrive and live on. But like to love Ru, I mean, if it hadn't have left Weekly Shonen Jump, it would have been the longest romance comic to ever have run in there. Like, the move to Jump Square, it had its reasons. Like, uh, the artist was going through messy divorce proceedings and stuff, and, like, all all sorts of stuff followed that is, really isn't worth delving into without being uncomfortably personal. But, like, has, has it, like, found new life as darkness, which I've not read, because, like, say it quietly, I think Telovru's quite bad. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Do, huh. I, I liked Black Cat, you know? Like, yeah. it's a shame that he stopped doing action. Even though Black Cat's really Final Fantasy VII, like, <laughs> it was a good comic. Yeah, Black Black Cat, I, I actually, uh, that was another comic uh, that we had gotten at my high school library that I kind of had to rush through all of as I was graduating from my senior year. That was, uh, that was, a, that was a fun read. I actually really enjoyed it. And I was... It, like, legitimately surprised me to hear, because I had already knew what To Love Room was, because I had seen it around, and all of my uh, really horny friends were reading it and all that kind of thing, and I would always talk about it. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was legitimately surprised to see that this was the same guy, like, but, but also, like, one of the characters is a part of the cast, it seems, or at least somebody who has a very similar design, so I guess it's... Not all that surprising yeah. in retrospect. E- but, Eve yeah. has travelled between the series by changing her name to be like Yami or something. I, I can't remember. Uh, and but- also, Maxi, I just assumed to love Rue moved to Ultra Dump so they could show more nipples. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they, they 
Here's a weird fact. Uh, Tlovru never had a problem with showing the nipples. Uh, they were in, Even the, in the print volumes. Well, no, in Weekly Shonen Jump, no nipples. But from volume one in print onwards, like, as soon as it came out in a collected form, nipples. Oh, wow. Like, and, and that, that was the difference between, uh, serialization and print. Like, that was the entire difference was just nipples. And, and that, that was kind of fascinating. Uh, Darkness was allowed to be a lot more lewd on the regular because Jump Square's more targeted at, uh, uh, whereas Weekly Shonen Jump's targeted at teenagers who perhaps want a bit more action. That Jump, Jump Square with its romance series has been able to indulge a lot more in, uh, what, what would he call it? A wank fodder. Let's go with that. <laughs> Like, and, and and that's fine. It is. And Tulafru, when it became darkness, it relished and rolled in that. And like, it did super well using that as one of its core hooks. Uh, so like, more power to it for getting to end on its own terms. But I'm amazed they're letting it end. Yeah. Like, it's a cash cow. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised to hear about that. So that's ending. Yeah. But let's move on to some stuff, new stuff that's going to be coming out. First of which is a Yokai Watch comic book series, not a new manga, a comic book series that IDW is publishing with a first full color two to page issue coming in April. It's going to be written by Eric M. Esquivel, who writes the Bravest Warriors comics, and drawn by Tina Francisco, who do, does Strawberry Shortcake comics, uh, while being colored by Dono Sanchez Almara, who colors for Marvel stuff. And it's basically a comic adaption of Yokai Watch, and that's pretty like, like, cool. Like an American comic. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Wow, and that's that's pretty. Yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. I guess Yokai Watch is, you know, you don't really see it get that much buzz, like in kind of where us twenty somethings are, and like the bubbles we are in. But like, <laughs> yeah. it is actually pretty popular with kids. When I went to the kids Yokai, love it. the toys are everywhere. Yeah, when I went to the Yokai Watch yeah. theatricals screening of the movie like it was a packed theater and they were excited kids like like really getting into the movie and then and then like really getting excited about the event that they had after the movie outside it was like wow it was like yokai watch is actually really popular like it's exposure you know disney xd just has bad scheduling in general so it's it's sometimes it's hard to believe but in spite of disney xd's bad scheduling and like the fact that we don't hear about it as much as Pokemon, it is actually extremely popular. And it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see, like, you know, it's getting its own American comic book version now. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the right company to pick it up as well. I don't know if you guys read anything from IDW, but like, they are specialists at this point in doing, uh, licensed comics. They, they really have made a name for themselves with the Transformers line over the last decade, especially lately with, uh, Morna Meets the Eye and Lost Light. They've, uh, they've managed to bring, like, the UK G.I. Joe spin-off Action Man over there. They've done G.I. Joe a million times. Like, they, they're currently running a book that is, like, all the licensed uh, toys coming together as, like, a special covert team. Like, they're, they're good at this stuff. Uh, Yokai Watch will not touch those at all because it's not really aiming for the same audience. Yeah. But, like, they, they have the experience to make this something better than most of the sort of unfortunate western adaptations you get definitely it's it's pretty cool i might pick it up because i do love the color work especially it's it's really weird seeing the uh seeing the press release say the first issue will have 32 full color pages and will retail for four dollars because that's literally just them saying it's an american comic book (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much 
But uh, that's cool. Um, I really do need to try Yokai Watch again because I feel like it's something I would like if I'm in like in the right mood for it. But uh, we 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 got a bunch of new manga that uh, seem to be premiering pretty soon, uh, and uh, one of them is a new adaptation of a previous work uh, from Junji Ito, of all people. So new Junji Ito stuff, I'm sure if Casey is listening, he will be very happy to hear this if he doesn't know this already. Uh, but uh, it looks like uh, Shigaku Khan's uh, big comic original magazine announced that Junji Ito will be doing a manga adaptation of a novel called No Longer Human from uh, Osamu Dazai. Uh, Osamu Dazai for, uh, I'm sure... Uh, fans of uh, stuff like Bungo Stray Dogs will probably recognize that name. Uh, Osama Dazai's uh, original novel, uh, following a young man's deepening alienation from the rest of the world despite his attempts to maintain a cheery facade. Uh, so it sounds like a pretty uh, pretty dark story. I've, I've, never, I've never read it myself, but I had heard things about it. Uh, apparently, uh, this story was adapted into a uh, four-episode segment uh, as a part of something called the uh, Aoi Bunko uh, television anime, uh, which I've also seen around, and that's something I've always been interested in watching. That's always looked pretty interesting to me. So uh, it seems like a pretty well-known story, I should say. And uh, from what I have heard and seen of it, uh, Junji Ito seems like to be the perfect person to illustrate such a story. It feels like shots fired against Usamara Fuyu, who... Uh whose name I've mispronounced, but again, considering like that they've already done a, a pretty good adaptation and, and are also much like Junjito, like notable for sort of weird twisted horror stuff. Like it's, it's become a direct competition between like the two best known West, like best known in the West <laughs> artists of this sort of thing. Like that's weird. <laughs> yeah. That is a pretty interesting spin on that. Um, but yeah, no, if like, if I, I hopefully, uh, hopefully this gets picked up along with a lot of other Ito's works that have gotten picked up recently. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. I mean, if it's, if it's drawn by Junji Ito, I'm, I'm pretty much game to read it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also looking forward to it. But speaking of well-known manga artists, Sid, and we were, we were just talking about Jump Plus earlier. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's as well-known as Junji Ito, but Kaito. He's, he's pretty of- beloved in, in some circles. Yes, Kaito of Crossmanage fame is launching a new manga on Jump Plus. It's a going to be a romance series this time called Blue Flag. And the premise of Blue Flag, I can't really find the specifics about Blue Flag, but Hana has an interesting key visual where it's like where like the character looks really distraught about something. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe we like more of a romantic drama. But he uh, did the five-volume series Cross Manage, which uh, Shonen Jump ran from 2012 to 2013. And that was a short lived series, but it had a great cult following over here. And so much so that Viz did release all its volumes digitally. I still need to read all of it. <laughs> I always find it funny. No, no one ever, like... Uh, says the Kaitos of Buddy Strike fame, do they? Well, not like only that one volume cancelled comic. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it, it's I, I'm a fan of baseball comics, and but Buddy Strike was a misfire. Oh, that's right, Kaito. Buddy Strike. Again, I forgot about that. I actually really liked reading it. It's really nice to go and see Kaito recover with a Jump Plus series, which isn't like the most prestigious place. It has a lot of authors who've previously worked on uh, cancelled series for Print Jump. 
but like it's still a fantastic platform for those artists to build a name for themselves again. Yeah. So I, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. Hmm, you think you think maybe this will get picked up for like uh for maybe like a like a free series on Viz.com, hopefully? I, I've been thinking about this. Well, I think the Wiz guys are big fans of Kaito, so I think that they will try yeah. to go for it. They got Oscar Lost in Space because Marlene is a huge fan of Shinohara and Sket Dance, so she really wanted to do Oscar Lost in Space, so she bit, she like pestered Orion, or like, you know, Alexi until they, uh, until they picked it up. So. Okay, we have to, we have to have her on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There was a, uh, there was a, they, they, they have confidence in cross-managed by itself. It's been run in digital sales on Comixology and on Viz's own services by itself, which doesn't really happen very often with series, let alone the smaller ones. So like, you know, they, they believe it has an audience like that will buy it as a promoted product, which that's, that's not nothing at all. Like, so I, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful. Hmm. Well, there we go. But uh, another very well-known uh, author to, whose series just ended pretty recently, we've talked about plenty on the show, uh, Mitsutoshi uh, Shimabukuro, who is best known for his work on Toriko, apparently is uh, getting a new comedy manga in uh, in Psycho Jump, of all places, which will launch in the magazine's May issue on April 1st. And uh, unfortunately, that's about all of the uh, info we have on that right now. But uh, I, I think personally, thinking about it real quick, I think Shimabukuro, I think he definitely has the talent to produce a good uh, gag manga. I mean, that was his first series, after all. Uh, the name of it escapes me at the moment, but... Essentially, the Dentakeshi. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought I had heard somewhere that had a pretty decent following when that was running in Jump. Oh, it, it was huge. Like, if it weren't for the controversy... Uh, yeah, circumstances. Then it would have been running alongside one piece for a good long time like it was it was pretty well received it, it did a bit of a, a kaniku man like it went from gag to more action focused but um that didn't really work against it in any way people were into the series hmm, that's unfortunate uh but yeah considering psycho jumps target demographic i'm i'm interested in seeing what kind of uh what kind of gag series maybe comes out of shima bukuro uh considering it's a uh, psycho jump is pretty much geared towards a more uh, uh child-friendly audience yeah it, it's it's a kid's magazine like there's no getting around that and i, I think it's where shima bukuro would probably do best because like i mean if, if you look at its general reception it has a pretty big following from kids as far as shonen jump readers go i, I so also like, figured that was just because it ran a bunch of dragon ball stuff though oh uh, well, that too. God, the Psycho Jump does, yeah. I mean, it, it, the Psycho Jump runs a lot of spin-offs in its own little way. I mean, that's how you end up with uh, with Fluffy Don Patch that was in there for a while. You've got all the adaptations of uh, of kids' shows. Like, you had, uh, uh, what's it, Henkai Gyrozetta? That was done by, I, I want to say the author of Kagajin, but I keep getting my authors mixed up. Don't they run, like, a... I know they... I think they have, like, a One Piece spin-off in their Assassination Classroom one, I believe. Uh... There's another one I'm trying to think of off the top of my head. I, I like I, ju- I just mentioned it. I, I'm pretty sure Dragon Ball SD still runs in that magazine, right? I think so. Uh, I'm not 100% on it. I, I think that as Dragon Ball Super started in V-Jump, it may have been phased out. That's possible, yeah. 
Let's just uh, just open the website in the background. <laughs> Everyone else can go on if they want. I just, I, I just want to know this now. Uh, the author I was thinking of who was doing the Gyro Z1 was Teriraki Mizuno, and I can't think what they've previously drawn. Oh, Metallica Metal Luca. Huh. Mm, there you go. That's what they did. Yeah, everyone remembers that series, right? <laughs> no, it's just Maxi. Yeah, just just my poor adult brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I think it could be funny. Um, yeah, look forward to it. I mean, I from from the little I've read of like some of the manga in Psycho Jump, it's again, it's 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 a it's a it's a magazine for kids. So like, I'm obviously not the target demographic. Um, so it's not really for me, but. I, I think Shima Bukuro could maybe make something funny that maybe more than just children will like. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I mean, he's done it before. He can do it again. Yeah. But uh, going on, finally, to the last, like, kind of... This is a bit of a revival of a series. Uh, there's going to be a new Ironwalk John manga. For those of you who don't know what Ironwalk John is, basically it's food wars. If the ideologies of Soma and Arena were reversed and the cooking was as over the top as the reactions and it was all focused on Chinese food. So uh, it's actually really, uh, really over the top because I haven't read that much of it, just the first volume, but it's pretty fun. And it has had utter spinach before, but it's getting a new one that just debuted in uh, Monthly Dragon Age called Ironwalk John Second, And this is going to focus on a new protagonist that uh, supposedly seems reminiscent of the original protagonist. So, pretty interesting. Uh, we'll probably never get it out over here, because even though the entire run of original Ironwalk John was published over here, like, you know, CPM... Uh, they, they they don't exist anymore, and I don't think anyone else is interested. But you know, it's pretty for Iron Ironwalk John fans. There, it's pretty interesting that the franchise is continuing. Moving on from new manga, uh, we should uh, talk about some some simul pubs actually that have uh, come up recently, uh, more recently than others here in regards to Yen Press. Uh, Yen Press announced just a short while ago, actually, and will actually be available today by the time uh but by the time this podcast is released that uh that they'll be simul publishing uh, new chapters of a manga from uh Shizuka Totono and uh Daisuke Hagiwara's uh Ne 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 manga uh that uh like I said by the time this podcast is out uh, you'll be able to read the first four chapters you know with subsequent chapters being released at a monthly schedule and uh from what I'm reading of the synopsis, uh, it looks like it is a, about a girl who gets married to a man uh, twenty years her uh, twenty years her senior. It looks like something that, yeah, at first glance, when you take a look at the premise, oh yeah, that sounds skeevy and not cool. But like from 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 the synopsis, it seems more like a very like innocent kind of relationship. Oddly enough, um, yeah, it'll be like. In a bride story, the relationship between Amir and what's his name? I forget. His, I forget the kid's name, but it'll just be kind small of like boy. That. His name is Small Boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, like so, yeah. As much as the description sounds bad, it's got a lot of things in its favor. Not the least being that it is drawn by uh, the artist of uh, Harumiya, which I don't know if you guys read that, but it was probably one of the better romance titles to have come out in the last few years. Huh. So, like, 
there, there's a lot of willingness on my part to like put that to the side and be like, I'm going to see how the series actually goes purely on that basis. I've I've heard of it, but I actually I actually didn't know anything about it. Mm. Well, uh, this bit's right. Like as much as you're excited for. Uh, that other new series that's being simply published, I'm sure you're going to talk about it in literally one minute. <laughs> like, that's the amount I'm excited for this. Yeah. I, uh, so, Nenene, it's going to be out on February 10th, which probably is when this episode is coming out. So, yeah, you yeah, can that's, that's go on, check that's it out. Friday. Yeah, you yeah. can go check it out if, uh, if you're interested in the premise. Yeah, go go check it out. Simul pubs are a good thing. Yeah. And I think uh, you should get into the one we're super excited about, Colton. Oh, yeah. So um, I think we're going to keep our thoughts on this uh, pretty short because I think maybe we want to – we have so much to talk about this episode already. And I think maybe we want to maybe dedicate a bit more time on a future episode to talk about our thoughts on on this in particular. uh, Because we are – both me and Sid are very excited for it. But, you know, we're just going to let you know for now that – uh, since our last episode, like our last actual episode of the Manga Corner, uh, or Manga Corner, whoops, Manga Mavericks, that's what this show's <laughs> called, right? Um, uh, oh, dear. Whoops. um, so, uh, Kodansha has, uh, picked up, uh, Yoshitoki Oima's new series, To Your Eternity. Uh, Oima, for those who may not remember, is the author of one of mine and Sid's favorite manga of all time, A Silent Voice. Uh, which uh, we had previously uh, reported on this new series, uh, probably like a, 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 quite a little while ago, honestly. But um, it looks like uh, Kodansha has picked this up for a simul pub, and um, I believe at the time of this recording, the first ten chapters of To Your Eternity are available uh, for ninety nine cents each over on uh, Comicsology. And uh, I did get a chance to read the first chapter of this, uh, uh, the first chapter preview that Kodacha has on their website, and um, it it's very interesting. It got me hooked. I want to read more. I I was so invested on that journey. I can't believe the first chapter ended that way. Um, that's all I'm going to say for now. It's it's weird, but in a way that is less weird and more really emotional. I think it's the thing to say. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty incredible character study. You could read that first chapter in isolation, and it's an amazing story. I, I like that's my big pitch to people there. Yeah, it's, it's really good. that first chapter is a really good short story, an incredible hook for the series. Oh uh, yeah, because like I, I felt like I felt like it did it really like I guess uh, end completely. Like I like I felt like like because because the way the story was going i was ex- i wasn't expecting the first chapter the end where it did i was expecting like at least like a couple more pages and i was like okay where's this going oh no now i have to read the next chapter hmm. yeah i don't know if that i don't know if that has to do with maybe they left some pages out or something but maybe ooh, i don't know interesting. I'm, well, the the I'm looking at the preview right now, and it's it's a full like sixty eight pages. It looks like so. I'm assuming it's the whole first chapter. Hmm. So you know that it, it's a it's a complete first chapter that's available uh, as the free preview. Yeah. So that that's an that was an interesting choice on Oima's part, but uh, but yeah, me and Sid are are definitely going to be talking about this more at length in, in another episode because uh, we do want to talk about this hopefully in the next couple of months, but uh, when we get the time. 
but along with uh, the Cybopub, uh, you know, Kodansha picked up a few more interesting titles such as uh, Wave, Listen to Me, from the author of uh, Blade of the Immortal, which apparently is about a girl who uh, got drunk and somehow ended up in a radio studio. Um which <laughs> which <laughs> that took a turn in that sentence somewhere what <laughs> and um i don't know she i'm i'm assuming she makes some kind of big splash on a hit radio show and and she i don't know she probably either becomes a radio personality or probably gets her own show i don't know it sounds like it could be really funny and i want to read it yeah i bought the first i bought the first volume digitally and it seems to be the first chapter and it it seems like a fun time so yeah, well then my I'm gonna have to check it out now. Yeah, I, that's why I'm, I'm when I get the time, hope to like really get to dig into because it looks really good. And uh, along with that, and uh, the the release of something called uh, Deathtopia from uh, Yoshinobu Yamada, um, which uh, looks pretty cool. I I haven't really gotten the chance to take a look at look at that, Fr- frankly, because I wasn't as interested in that title. But it looks like it could be kind of cool. Um, seems like a more supernatural kind of title uh, from the description. But uh, the one I really want to talk about, which I think is important to let everybody know that because uh, uh, we mentioned on the last Manga Mavericks episode that uh, Rakugo Shinju, uh, uh, full title being Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju. Hey, hey, I said it without twisting my tongue. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be getting a print release. Uh, this may, but um, you can actually pick it up for a digital release on Comixology as well. I'm not sure if it's on sale anymore, but uh, it, like you could get it for like what was it, six dollars? Uh, it was three dollars when it was on sale, uh, two pounds to me. Which let me tell you, I bought that an hour before it went on sale at the uh, <laughs> full price of I think it would be eight dollars for you guys, five pounds oh, for wow. me. And oh, I, I didn't feel cheated because it's the best comic I've read this year. But boy, did I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I haven't gotten the chance to finish the first volume, but so far I really like it. It's it's a really interesting read compared to because th- there there are certain. Like, it feels like there are certain parts that they kind of, like, left out of the anime, but I also hear that, like, uh, whatever they cut out of the television anime, I think they might have covered in, like, in, like an extended cut of the first episode that I think is, like, an hour and 20 minutes from what I hear. Um, don't quote me on that. Yeah, I- I've been hearing rumors of this-, this thing existing as well, and, I mean, that excites me to know, because that first episode was already, like, a perfect bit of entertainment. Oh, it was, it was a really good one. Um, Sid, uh, have you gotten the chance to sample this at all? Yeah, I got the first line, I skimmed through the first chapter. It seems really great, as I had expected. Uh, again, I hope to dive into it when I have a little more time. Yeah, this is, this is... Oh, it's just, it's great. Um, I, I did a read-along with it on Twitter, because I just got so obsessed with the art more than anything, just the way that, uh, Yotaro is drawn and how it contrasts to the anime is it's unfathomably different while still being in that same realm it, like it, it like it's like it, it feels like a hybrid of something from like the 70s and 80s mixed with something like like haikyuu like it, it feels really interesting absolutely like the, the hair especially has a lot of haikyuu to it <laughs> which is like an odd comparison to make but like it's it's the only series i can compare that aspect of the art too but like just on like a panel by panel basis as well like it's 
it reads phenomenally well. It's laid out in a better way than most manga are, like, full stop, let alone, like, one as recent as uh, Descending Stories, it's being called, uh, in in print and digital at the moment, which is an easier name to say. So, uh, I guess I win. I don't have to try and say <laughs> Rakugo anymore. I just, I just prefer to it as Rakugo for short. Yeah, Rakugo was always a good way to name them. But man, like, if people haven't picked this up, uh, for whatever reason, like maybe you're too into the anime and you don't want to reread it, whatever, like you're, you're really missing out. It's, it's unlike any other manga that is being published right now. And like, it's a real, it does, it's mostly a real good job by Kadansha. There's, there's one really frustrating panel where the text is to the sides of the box due to some sort of error on Kadansha's part. Hopefully they fix that for print. But like, other than that, like one little moment that stuck with me, it's it's a great job. Weird lettering choices, great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about it more when the uh, the print edition comes out. Uh, me and Sid definitely want to have uh, some sort of at least short form discussion on that. I think is warranted for this release. Oh, definitely, Rakugo is an incredible series, and more discussion and attention on it is well deserving. Especially since, like I said before, like this is not something I ever thought would ever get licensed ever. Yeah, it's. I mean, it seemed like a hard sell, but it's happened. I mean, the, I think that just the attention it got, like the anime, like it is a critical darling, even if it isn't necessarily the the most popular show. So you know. But I mean, personally, I th- I thought it was pretty much the best anime of 2016. Or, yeah. at the, or, at the, or at the very least, it was definitely my favorite. I put it, yeah, it's up there. It was in my top two, like, 100%. Like, that and March were butting heads with, like, Austin Massey sat, like, just behind it, because that was technically still running. But, like, it it's so well done. Like, it, it, that's another thing. Uh, I, I don't want to dwell too much on this, because I'm sure I'm only dragging the episode out <laughs> here. But, like, the, the anime does such a great job telling the actual stories uh, like it, it really gave it that sort of sense of pacing and like keeping your attention. Oh yeah. The, the manga does has a completely different approach to that. It doesn't really focus on the stories being told. It's focusing on what's happening around it. Like they're they're different things. It's in like uh, the an- the animation team, the director, everyone who's involved with that adaptation, like really needs to be getting some awards, like sharpish, or at least more work. De- well, yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that more at a later date. But yeah, if you if you if you cannot wait for the uh, the physical release, it is available digitally, and you should buy it if you really want to read it. Most certainly. But uh, I think we should go through all of the licensing stuff that we have to go through. Thanks to thanks to Seven Seas. Yeah, good for you, Seven Seas. We got a tidal wave of licenses from January 9th to January thirteenth. And uh, this this time I took the liberty of writing out a script because I know that we'd go on incredible tangents and it'd be, take way too long to try and parse through all this information without it. So Seven Seas started the new year with a party in which we were all invited. Their New Year Licenses Week flooded our Twitter feeds with a tsunami of licenses ranging from all types and genres. So let's break down what they're giving out to us, huh? 
so first they're giving us a double dose of everyone's favorite cybernetic waifu. Two new manga about the Vocaloid sensation Hatsune Miku. First raising the curtain with Ontama's Hatsune Miku presents Hatsune Miku's Everyday Vocaloid Paradise. A chibity comedy. Uh, you can pick that one up on October 17th for $14.99. But going back to uh, May 2nd, the second title is a little more surprising and kind of strange uh, from Hitsuki. Shizuku PX Yama Delta and Subata Nozaki's, uh, uh, their manga Hatsune Miku Bad and Night is a gothic mystery manga series which finds Hatsune Miku solving a mystery in a strange mansion which is full of mystery secrets and suspicious characters. And that's, uh, that's kind of an interesting take for, for the character. That one will be priced at $13.99. And uh, between the two, I think I'm most interested in that one. So next, uh, if you want, we got Tetsuo, Tetsuya Imai's Alice and Zokuro, which is about a young girl named Sana who has the power to ignore the very laws of physics thanks to the mysterious ability known as Alice's Dream. So some Alice in Wonderland motif stuff there. So what will happen when this willful powerhouse crosses paths with a stubborn old man? Well, you can find out on July 4th. If you still can't sleep after reading that manga, then uh, Yubi Unita's Sleeping Beauty might be able to cure your insomniac itch. Set for a November 21st release date, it's about a high school girl who loves to sleep and is recruited by a sleep spirit to help others get a good night's rest. This manga about beautiful friendship will give you pleasant dreams and hopefully not scar you for life like Unita's previous manga, Bunny Drop, did. Uh, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Mm. Well, then you can dive deep with a magical all ages adventure, Watanahara and the Great Blue Seas, Moegeko's manga based on the game from the same name, which sees a young witch out to sea traveling to find her lost memories. Coming out on July 4th, priced at $15.99, Seven Seas spokesman Jason DeAngelis promises that the adorable artwork, fun characters, and fantastical plot make it a great read for fans of the game as well as readers of all ages. But there's more. More magic in store because they have two new, other new magical girl titles that will be coming out soon. Ryuhi Yokoyama and Mamoru Kamitsuki's On Magical Girl, which is about a fictional magical girl named Pretty Angel Nirvana, who is comes out of TV and has to now live with the unmagical realities of real life. Yeah, that's coming out on September 12th. So you can find out uh, what happens to uh, Pretty Angel Nirvana when she has to set aside her wand and stop fighting monsters and go grocery shopping and pay bills. That actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty interested in that one. I'm also interested on the next Magical Girl series coming out on November 28th, uh, which is a military-style Magical Girl series by Makoto Fukami and Seiko Tokyo called Magical Girl Special Ops Asuka, where five magical girls are constricted to war after three years of peace to defend mankind against an unholy nemesis. So a darker, more militaristic take on magical girls. It was pretty interesting because I've had a, I've played around with a similar concept of my own. So, uh, Fukami being the uh, scriptwriter of stuff like Psychopaths. Yes. So oh. might get some interesting psychological stuff in there and some uh, commentary on po- Japanese political system and a bunch of stuff. Uh, then uh, the JoJo's ripoff manga based on the light novel, same name, uh, Absolute Duo by Shinichiro Nari is coming out on August 29th and that can blaze your brain for twelve ninety nine. Uh, then there's a comedy <laughs> spinoff to Testament of New Sister Devil by Tetsuya Uesu and Furihiro Kiso. Uh, 
Testament Sister New Devil Storm, where the demonic stepsisters will vie for more power and pleasure than ever before. That's coming out, out on September 26th, and uh, yeah, if you that can satiate your craze for some more demon-sibbing hijinks. Then, from the creator of the shonen cult hit Lucifer and the Biscuit Hummer, comes Satoshi Mizukame's Spirit Circle, about a boy who can see ghosts and has a complicated curse and grudge left over for his past lives. Simon published by Country Wall until its completion early last year, the first volume of the print edition will arrive in time for the Halloween season on October 20th. Uh, then, uh, in a bit of a surprise license, Ryusuke Mita's 1989 class A dragon hat is finally seen the light of day. About a young half-dragon girl named Mink who falls in love with a dragon slayer and must go on a quest to retrieve a potion to make herself completely human. This fantasy classic will be a great post-Christmas buy as it's set to debut on December 26th. And there's some more classics getting some of too. Uh, Cutie Honey A Go Go kicks off some Go Nagai love with its three day picks page omnibus edition of Shinpei Ito and Hidekiyano's manga revival, The Classic Etchy Magical Girl Icon, which will be out on September 26th. With, while Go Nagai and Ryu Takado's Devilman G revival of the series will get a, will definitely light a fire in Josh Nunn's soul with the first volume <laughs> set to release on October 17th. Uh, yes, uh, just real quick. Seven Seas Editor-in-Chief Adam Arnold uh, made a note that the manga would be a perfect entry point into the Devilman franchise, so uh, that's kind of interesting. I, I've got to throw that out as insane as well, because Gona Guy is notoriously hard to license. Like, just working with him and his publishers can be difficult, so like, that's... That's a real big get for seven seasons. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely really excited for both of those. And then I'm also excited as a Legia Matsumoto fan because uh, his and Kochi Shihoshi's Captain Harlock Dimensional Voyage Maja is going to come out on October 3rd. So I think that's like the first piece of Captain Harlock manga that's ever been released over here. That's pretty interesting. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. But manga's not the only thing Seven Seas is bringing our way. Uh, classic novels with illustrations by Japanese artists are also on the horizon. These books are going to feature the original text of manga with both color and black and white illustrations and are slated to start coming out in September. Titles include both The Secret Garden and A Little Princess by Francis Hogarth Burnett, which will both be illustrated by Yushina. Uh, Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Moore and Montgomery is going to be illustrated by Maki Minami. Princess and the Goblin by George MacDonald is going to be illustrated by Okama. And Pollyanna by Eleanor H. Porter is going to be illustrated by Yukawa Kazuno. But Japanese novels are getting some love too. Ryu Mizuno's regular The Lotus War, Grey Witch, is coming out with a gold edition on Halloween, uh, based on Kadokawa Shoten's 2013 Deluxe Edition. This swashbuckling fantasy about a reckless but passionate swordsman as ragtime team of fantasy creatures who team up to defeat the evil Grey Witch seems pretty interesting, uh, even though I haven't been uh, interested. I mean, I haven't had experience with other record of Lotus War stuff. I, I, know, I know the uh, OVAs are... Um... Seems seems like they're pretty beloved. Mm, interesting. But uh, not only that, but Seven Seas and J Novel Club have teamed up to print pu- publish print editions of light novels on J Novel Club's digital reading platform. Their first two titles will be Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash and The Cultic Nine, which will ship out on June 6th and July 4th, respectively, and both retail for $13.99. Mm, those are big gets. Yeah, definitely. Those are, those are pretty popular yeah. titles last year. 
And so lastly, finally, if you'd rather read a classic novel in manga form instead, Enya Moriyama's manga adaption of The Count of Monte Cristo might be for you. It's coming out in a deluxe volume on December 19th and adapts the famous novel of the same name, just in manga form. So if Genkutsuo doesn't satisfy your uh, desire to see Count of Monte Cristo in manga or anime form, then uh, this new adaption might uh, be a good get for your collection. And uh, yeah, that does it for Seven Seas' massive tidal wave of new releases. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did that in under 15 minutes. Colton, you didn't believe in me, good. but <laughs> I I did it. I think that was under five minutes even with us interrupting, to be fair. You thought I couldn't be succinct. Huh. Okay. This is an interesting thing as well. Like, if you look at that sheer quantity of stuff, do you ever get the impression that uh, in in recent times, Seven Seas have become... Like the concept of what Tokyo Pop would have been if they only licensed good stuff. Maybe you know. Yeah, probably. Like, cause, cause they're flooding the market a bit, but there's nothing that I look at and say, "Why are you doing that?" Yeah, I mean, these all seem like great gets. Like, there's stuff to be excited for. Mm. There's something for everyone. No, so that's good. And all right, Sid, you did it. I, I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll buy you a cookie or something. You're going to ship me a cookie from St. Louis. Yes, I'll ship you one cookie in a big box. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, that was a lot of licensing news. Um, I think the one I'm probably interested in the most is some of the Go Nagai stuff, just because I... I really haven't read a lot of... Or really enough Go Nagai. I would like to read more of his stuff, so... Yeah, like, definitely uh, the Gona guy stuff, like Cutie Honey Agogo, the Hideki Honor tank, that, that's really interesting to me. Of course, I want to get into some more Devil Man. Uh, and yeah, the Magical Girl stuff also is really interesting to me, like, based on their premises. Yeah, the Magical Girl stuff seems like uh, some of the more interesting titles as well, especially the one, like, the the um, Unmagical Girl is literally about a a, a, a fictionalized a magical girl who comes out of a TV and is like, well, I guess I have to live like a normal person now. Yeah, that's great. A great <laughs> That premise. sounds like it'd be really good. Uh, uh, like, everything seems pretty good. I'm, I am, I'm also just really hopeful to go into guys' stuff. Like, if that's received well enough, like, that leaves room to start going backwards. Like, you could have uh, the original Devil Man and Devil Man Lady covered. You could even, even possibly... Have them try and sort out the mess that is uh, bringing Marzinger Z over here. Like it, it's feasible because the license to that and Herenshigakuin don't actually belong to Shueisha anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. But like, huh. man, the terrible like nerd in me who wants easier times researching things for uh, FEV, like it's like, come on, go in the guy, but sell. <laughs> I need the older things. Oh man, there's just so many licenses coming out. It's like, oh my god, my wallet. Oh my god. Ah. This, this is good that some of this is, is like single volume stuff, but yeah, it's, there's, there's some things that I'm just gonna have to, I have to at least get the first volume to read because they're so interesting. Yeah, but, um, I think we should move on to the stuff we were saving for last, and that is our Shonen Jump discussions with Maxi. Uh, yes. and I think we should, uh, uh, there was a recent poll that came out, uh, from Goo. Basically, uh, having Goo readers uh, pick the next uh, poster series of Shonen Jump, uh, you know, that isn't One Piece. 
especially in the wake of all the series that ended last year, like people are wondering what is the next face of Shonen Jump now that like this this new era on the horizon. And uh, in overwhelming numbers, uh, people picked Haikyuu. Yep, uh, Haikyuu is number one at this list with 839 votes, uh, number two being Hunter Hunter with uh, half of the, oh, about roughly half of the votes at uh, 404, number three being My Hero Academia with uh, 317 votes, number four being The Disastrous Life of Psyche K with 230, and World Trigger at number five with 226. Now that's just the top five, which yeah. I think that's a pretty good top five. Well, it's uh, not. Yeah, I mean, it's not ranking like uh, the popular. Well, I, it's not. It's not ranking like. Uh, well, I know. I just. I meant. I meant. Those are. Those are. Those are some good choices. I think. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird to think of Hunter Hunter as the next poster child because it's been running as long as One Piece, pretty much. And uh, I mean, it's not. It's like it's kind of like old blood, but it's also like just so inconsistent. So it's, it's kind of hard to think of that one as a poster child. Take it with a pinch of salt as well when this poll, you know, it had about 0.1% of Weekly Shonen Jump's uh, regular readership uh, yeah. submit answers to this. Like, there, there's a lot to take away from it. There are going to be little weird incongruences and it is going to lean a bit more towards the older readers, which is probably why Hunter Hunter had such a presence. And also, I, I, I know Carlton will roll his eyes when I say this, but it's also probably why Black Clover's relatively low, because that's a series that's popular with the kid people. Yeah. Look, look, I, I understand that... I, no, I Colton, will... don't go into this now. We're going to do an episode <laughs> on it in a few months. Just okay, have fine. some patience. I'll, okay, fine. I'll shut up. I'll keep my mouth shut, but I have thoughts. Trust me, I have thoughts. <laughs> But like, I mean, I mean, there are other series there that have an appeal to young people that I think uh, probably end up falling low. Like Hinamaru Zumo, um, it's not a big performer, but the reason it's still in the magazine to this day is because it's popular with kids. So, like, you know, you know, like that's it, number ten in this list. But it's still, you know, that's not a bad position to be in. It's not like it only received twenty-seven votes. Like the, I, I can't believe Demon's Plan even got that well, many. I think they're honest. ranking it's... everything and jump besides One Piece. So. Well, well, that's the idea. That's essentially how it goes. Uh, with the expectation of will they become the poster? So, so the twenty nine people who thought to themselves, "Yeah, I can see Amalgam Distortion being the main comic in Shonen Jump," I'm just, I, I, I don't understand you. <laughs> but it, it, it's a really interesting poll. It, it really is. Uh, it's. It's kind of great because you don't often get to see what people think of a uh, Isabe Isabe Monogatari. Yeah. Uh, so, like, any any time you actually get to see an outside view that kind of reassures you, yeah, that's actually still quite a big deal. Like, it, it's it's nice. Yeah, I, I I wish I had the chance to read it because it looks like it could be kind of funny. I I have the first volume of it, and like, even with what limited language knowledge I have, I find myself laughing way more than I <laughs> yeah. We Lord wants jump. It wants me to add that to jump. Like, he's like, oh, man, I wish they'd add Yusuke Yusuke Monogatari. They're totally going to add Yusuke Monogatari. Like, dude, they're not going to add that ever. Thing is, though, if they did, it would it would be easier. Like, there's not a, a ridiculous amount of language jokes as it goes, and it's a very small amount of pages each week. The only downside is no one would pay to exactly. read it. Like, it, they, they wouldn't get volumes out of it. Like, it's not... It's not traditional enough an action. Like, it's not an action series, obviously, but the main things that sell and jump 
in the US are action series, which is what I was trying to say. <laughs> I mean, maybe it could be bonus content on the free section, like Emperor and I. But... Yeah, I could see yeah, that. I mean, yeah. which I get. It's nice that they've, they're running Emperor. That still pleases yeah. me. You know, it surprises me that Promise Everland and Kimetsu no Yaiba are so low, considering that in the rankings of uh, Jump, that they seem to be doing pretty well. And in terms of sales, they also seem to be doing pretty well. Yeah, Kimetsu no Yaiba's kind of jumped up. Like, I, I hate doing that thing where it's like, this is the new thing it, that used to be this. But Kimetsu no Yaiba, with its turnaround, is kind of the new Bleach. Hmm. Interesting. Like, it, it's it's had a very similar trajectory, and that that fills me with optimism. Although, again, it's nothing like Bleach. I'm talking purely how it's received. It's more like a... It's got swords. It's, it's more like a kind of a hybrid of, like, Claymore and Mushishi to me. And it's got a lot in common with the feel of Claymore. Like, it's not really like it, but it has that same sort of atmosphere. The, 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 the art kind of reminds me of Claymore a little bit, if it were a little more sketchy. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I feel like it kind of has that same Mushishi vibe, except there's more action oh i've not even brought up the surprising one of this uh food wars is pretty high it's high but it's not in the top five so it's, it's interesting because food wars kind of had a downswing last year in terms of popularity yeah it, it started significantly losing its uh reading audience even though the anime's done fine like it it's been weird to see because i i can't really see uh, a difference in quality to how it used to be but like it it does seem like a lot of Japanese fans have been falling off. So seeing it do well in this poll is reassuring. Yeah, I mean, personally, I felt Two Wars was a little stagnant at parts, especially during the uh, during the early phases of the exam last year. Whereas in 2015, it was on fire. Like 2015, it was probably my favorite manga of 2015 because, like, beginning to end, that was just an incredible run. You go, you, it ended, it started off with the conclusion of the, uh, the, uh, fall classic and it go, went right up to the climax of Soma's, uh, Shokugeki with Azon. Like that was just an incredible year of things that happened. But then in the follow up last year, like what happened? Like there was amazing character development for Arena. But outside of that, I guess Soma versus Hayama rematch was pretty okay. But, uh, there wasn't too much to be excited about in the series outside of those two things. Hmm. That seems fair. I'm very surprised that uh, Psyche Kusua was so high up on the list. Um, but then again, I don't really know what its um, what its following is like in Japan at all. Uh, older audiences love it, and like it can't be understated how big its start was. Like it was originally just kind of like a, a bunch of small one shots that became its own volume that did well. Like it, it was, it was put in the same breath as Assassination Classroom as something that was going to be huge. And for a gag manga, it is like from from what I've seen of the anime, I think it's amazingly funny. Honestly, yeah, the anime was the anime was very well received. Actually, like at first, it, no one was talking about it, but like the score on MAL like quickly shot shot up, and I think it's like in eight. Point five or something now, so it's like you know it was really well received over here. I, I had trouble with it. Did you guys watch the uh, the Simul dub? Yeah, I um, guess. Of I, I watched I watched a few episodes and I thought I thought it was fine. I didn't really have any like problems with it at all. I I'm not a, I'm not a sub versus dub guy at all. Like I think it's one of the most petty arguments people can have yeah, about yep. <laughs> anime. 
But I I really struggled with uh, the the voice actor choice for for Psyche oh, himself. No, I love like, him. The rest of it was fine, but he he felt just slightly wrong. Uh, but that's probably just because. I've had a different voice in my mind reading it for so Maybe. long. Maybe. You know? I, like, I, I like that voice. That's the uh, same guy who did uh, the voice of Jimmy in Detective Conan. Ah. See, that, that, that's a connection. I'd, I'd think of that voice and think of Jimmy. I'd be like, yeah, that, that fits. <laughs> and I think it's like in my mind, I just imagine someone who's got a sort of real, a sort of monotone, completely devoid of expression voice. But that's probably not what people want to hear. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he did fine, but overall, I, again, I'm not a sub versus dub guy either, but generally, I just, I prefer the acting in the original. Uh, but, you know, like, I'm, I'm surprised Funimation even picked that up, by the way, and I'm glad, I'm glad it's getting another season, cause. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Like, you know, honestly, after Gintama eventually leaves from, in, uh, from Jump, in, in my mind, Psyche Kusumo is probably gonna be, the one to carry that torch of being probably the funniest gag manga in Jump. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just glad it was it, that it got an anime and it was well received over here because, like, it gave it more exposure and you know gave us more content of Psyche to experience and legally too. So that was very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, do, do you guys find it funny that? Uh, well, not funny, but kind of interesting that uh, the Boruto spinoff is ranked so high as well. No, because Naruto is popular. I guess, but I find it's funny considering the the skewed age that you could probably find with a sort of poll. At, at the same time, like I mean, even even if you ignore it, Naruto is popular. Like the Boruto manga kind of has grown legs. Like now, it's got past that really awkward first few months. Like it's it's not the most amazing series, but it's Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited for it now that it's finally past the movie stuff, so now we can get original material. It's uh, it's too bad. Uh, Straighten up uh, is ending. Uh, yeah, because it ended up uh, it ended up uh, number fourteen on the list, which it would have been kind of interesting. I don't I don't think a dancing manga would ever would ever really be like one of the more popular titles in Jump because I just I just don't think. I mean, as as good as it is or is it, I I don't I don't know if it is. I haven't read it. I can't really pass any judgment on it. But I just feel like this is really the kind of manga that I'm not sure it would really carry a lot of weight and jump. I'm I'm picking all the I'm, you you don't really get you don't really get weird jump series getting massive success anymore, and a dance series is pretty much the definition of that. Yeah. I don't see it being the series where, like, when people think a jump, they think, oh, yeah, straighten up. <laughs> um, but that's just me personally. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think, I think the, um, I think the list is pretty interesting. A uh, lot, lot of interesting choices are on the list for what people think could be the next, uh, like the biggest thing in jump other than One Piece. Um, I feel like I'm kind of surprised at Haikyuu, but at the same time, I'm not because, I mean, it's, amazingly popular at the moment i mean it is the second highest sling jump title right now besides one piece so yeah you know it is it's extremely i I still can't believe like in my mind he he's still like the weird author who did like an offbeat horror series for jump like just just thinking like oh yeah like the most successful sports comic running in jump 
right now. Like that, that's crazy, really. It really also, is. you know, when he draws on camera, he wears a crazy hand. <laughs> um, Have you ever seen that? It's, oh, sod. Huh. It's like a Freddy Krueger hand. He wears it while he draws uh, for <laughs> like special videos. Oh, wow, that sounds pretty out there. Um, <laughs> okay, so I think we've had enough discussion about the poll. Um, I think we want to get to the thing we were all looking forward to the most. The probably the biggest thing that happened to jump at the moment right now, I think, would be the six new series that are coming to jump over the next month or two. And I believe Maxi can confirm this that uh, this is the first time I think in Jump's history that they've ever like brought over this many new series all at once. Yeah, like this is historic in two ways. We'll get to the other one later, but like they've never serialized six titles at once. Like it's the sort of thing you could look at it and think that it's flailing because they've not really had a lot of success last year. Like it was basically Promised Neverland, and it was no the comments no I guess are coming up, but like it wasn't a huge amount. It was a, a small amount of series that achieved success. Uh, especially when you look at the end of the year where it's literally been promised Neverland and then cancelled, cancelled, <laughs> going to be cancelled, going to be cancelled, going to be cancelled. Like, it, it, the second half of the year was a nightmare as far as it goes. So like, it could be seen as flailing, but the the talent involved with this, it really just seems like they're just pushing for a, uh, a new era of jump now that all of the ones that uh, came out in the 2000s are over. Yes. Except for Gintama. But, you know, that's going to be March, isn't it? You know? Uh, when Gintama ends? I don't think so. I, I just keep throwing it out there to try and make people I tense. know, stop it, don't... <laughs> it, it's probably... It's it's probably going to be the end of the year. It's it's going to end this year, I feel confident, but like not as soon as people keep saying. I think it's going to end in a couple months, because I feel like the anime is going to like end shortly after the manga ends. Like they've worked, they've worked it out like that. I feel like they'll want to sync it up, because... Knowing them, they've probably lined up a joke about both things ending at the same time. Yeah, like that's the way, the sort of way I that just see them. I think they might have lined it up like that because that's kind of how it ended up working with classroom. Like it started the second season started shortly before the manga was about to end, and then it was able to cover the manga's ending. Well, well, here, like if we're talking about Gintama, I got to get my thoughts out there real quick because I kind of talked about this on Twitter a bit. But uh, from from what I have seen. It seems like uh, this, th- like this new season of Gintama that's airing right now, covering the uh, the Rakyo arc in particular, the arc before the final arc, uh, seems like it seems like this season might end up only being twelve episodes because so far there are up to four DVD or Blu-ray releases listed at the moment, which that kind of thing usually indicates a one core season. So that could end up being split core. It it sure. could it could, but I but I feel like. I feel like they're not going to get to the final arc right away, at least not animated. Um, I don't think they're going to yeah. get to it right after this arc ends. But yeah, it's that's co- what I mean I, by it being. But so I think far. it's coming this year. Break for a season or two. Yeah, but also I feel like you know there's still the live action movie coming out and everything. So I personally think that I feel like there's enough going on that I think they could make it last until July. But I feel like after the live action movie comes out, it's really anyone's guess. But uh, that's just that's just my guess. I could be totally wrong. It, hey, it it could end tomorrow for all I know. I don't know. 
Oh, good. Yeah, who knows? They've not actually said which series are being cancelled other than straight enough yet, <laughs> have they? Like... But enough, enough Gintama talk. I have, like, two avenues I could talk about Gintama on. But yeah, so, Sid, you um, you watched the live stream that uh, that the Shonen Jump guys had uh, over on yep. uh, this site. So, so how? I guess we could talk about that a little bit. Uh, how, how was that? Oh, it was pretty fun. They did these awesome, like... Uh fantasy segments where it was like show like these crazy shenanigans around the office that went into like weird random places like Sakaki like repeating to reading his a line that he said in Bakuman like manga just needs to be good and then at a meeting like uh he flubs the line and says manga just needs to be food and then like the physics <laughs> and then the Viz executives are like hmm let's make really we should make edible manga will that work and then all the focus the people are like yeah yeah and it's like it's really really funny bizarre sketches like that was my favorite part by far i would i would legitimately watch like a sketch comedy show uh a workplace comedy show about the shonen crew like i I would watch like an office style comedy show about that because because those sketches were great uh otherwise the live stream is pretty fun you know it's just a shonen jump podcast media form like good uh just some really cool hijinks and visual gags they got in there uh, I mean, the big announcement was that they were doing, you know, these six new jump starts and that they for sure are going to pick up a few of these for regular serialization. Like they promised that for sure. But 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 it doesn't seem like they're going to pick up all of them. Definitely. I'm pretty sure they won't. I could see them doing half just to actually get the magazine back up. Yeah, to I size. mean, there's yeah. three spots that are oh, that were uh, left open at the end of last year from Toronto. And let's be Rush honest, and... there's three really likely candidates to get picked up out of this six yeah. as well. So as I three, I'm expecting three and maybe four if Ruby really is ending. So uh, we'll see. Um, but I guess Sid, do you want to talk about the jump starts that are coming up then? Yeah, so first up, that's launched this week, actually. Uh, we Never Learn. By Taishi Tsutsui, which is a romance uh, series from the artist of the Nisekoi spin-off manga Magical Patissia Kosaki-chan, and also wrote spin-offs manga for Steinscape. And uh, this is about a, a student studying his college entrance exam, and he runs into two beautiful young women, and guess gets in a love triangle. So, you know, is this the new romance series that will replace Nisekoi? Who knows? But, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of interested in it. Uh, uh, next, we've got U19 by Yuji Kimura, who previously has only done one-shots in Jump. But uh, it, it's an action series about boys who live under adult rules. That sounds very vague. <laughs> yeah, not too much to go on there. From just a description, I can't help but feel it's trying to do some sort of dystopia thing, like get into a Promised Neverland's little niche. Huh. See, I felt like, I don't know, for the, like what I imagine in my mind is like maybe a delinquent manga set in a dystopian world. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, that's, that's also going to be premiering on uh, February 13th. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to cut in here real quick, and just to let you guys know that at the time we were recording this podcast, uh, Sid and I were kind of basically going off some basically uh, misinformed uh, information about some of these series in terms of uh, what they're actually what 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 their actual uh, Japanese titles are romanized as, and uh, 
what they really mean in English, um, because uh, when these series were first reported on, um, this series in particular by uh, Hitsuji Kondaira, that will be premiering in the 12th issue of Weekly Shonen Jump on February 20th, uh, was romanized as uh, Robo no Ryugakuki, therefore roughly being translated to something such as uh, a robot's study abroad chronicle. And uh, we have since learned that uh, that was a bit of a so sort of sort of a uh, sort of a mistranslation, I guess, if you want to call it mistranslation, misromanization, something like that. I'm not using my terms right, but uh, it seems that the actual Romanized title for this series is actually Poro no Ryugakuki, so not Robo, but Poro, um, which in this case would uh, roughly translate to Poro's Study Abroad Chronicle, um, but it seems that uh, for now, and I say for now because Viz makes a note that... Uh, the English titles for these series are not final and are subject to change. Uh, it seems that they are bringing this series over in English uh, entitled Demon Prince Poro's Diaries. So so instead of the information that was out there uh, earlier in the week where uh, this series seemed to, uh, again, based on the a misinformed title that uh, it would be about a robot coming from the underworld to the human world. Um, the key visual here kind of gives it away too, because you know he he looks he looks like a demon prince. Uh, uh, it seems that it will be about a demon prince coming from the underworld to the human world, which makes a lot more sense. I mean, you never know; he could also be a robot too. I don't know, but uh, again. Uh, just wanted to clear up some misinformation there because I probably I'm probably going to cut it out of the show. But uh, Maxi was nice enough to inform us uh, later, I think, after the show that uh, uh, that we were kind of going off some old uh, misinformed information. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, uh, but, you know, just wanted to put it out there. Make sure we reported that right. But uh, I guess enjoy us. Enjoy the three of us speculating on a series based on some mis based on some good old misinformation. That'll be fun to listen to. Uh, now back to the show. That one's kind of. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a. That, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it it seems it's <laughs> very strange because it's, it's the premise seems a lot like uh, Spring Weapon Number One, which just came out. So. It's also funny because it takes the robot half from Spring Weapon Number One. It takes the come up from the underworld to the human world thing from another series that's very similar to both of these called Taizo Moti King Saga that came out in 2006. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Which was about like. Oh, I thought, sorry, I thought you were going to say Devilly oh. Man. Oh, I, I literally can't remember anything from Devilly Man at all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember Devilly Man? I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Did did it did it get run as a jump start? It did. Or did they skip yeah. it? Yeah. They no, only ran it. Yeah. So why can't I remember it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that's neither here nor there. Oh, uh, it it was. Pro oh no, I remember it. Mm. Oh, 
that again, that, that that was a series that I didn't like because it felt like it was trying to rip off a lot of stuff uh, from Times of Mary King saga. Because it, it's a popular sort of thing, this whole coming up from the underworld to the human world or coming from a world to another world as a sort of displaced person. Maybe they're a bit perverse. Sort uh, I of mean, thing. hell, that hell, that's the premise of Nero. Yeah, but like none of them can match Taizo Moti King Saga because none of these people are coming to the human world to try and find a girl with star-shaped nipples. <laughs> like that was the high what? point. Which, and I know you're going to ask, so I'm throwing it out there. Yes, Jaleen Cujo was a character in this Wait, series. What? <laughs> Like, literally, it, it's 100% her. Uh, one of the cool things about this author, Armand Dai, is that he, like, uh, he got to go and uh, write and draw a short little uh, omake in one of his volumes that was literally like, I got to meet Hirohiko Araki. I probably weirded him out. And that was, like, the whole what? story. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, man, like, you, you guys would <laughs> love it. It's never, never coming out in English through any means, legal or otherwise. <laughs> But it's good. Well, that that's that. Those are the best kind of manga. And next up, uh, we have Marie the Hungry by Ruhei Tamura, which uh, is going to debut on February twenty seventh on the thirteenth issue. It's from the creator of Bezelbub, and it's a going to be a battle romantic comedy series about a boy named Taiga and a girl who lives next door to Taiga, who I presume is going to be named Marie, who has a secret. That sounds like something uh, Tamura would write. Sounds like double arts in a way. I, I couldn't help the feeling that it's like gonna be that same sort of feel as Beelzebub. Uh, possibly because I like I had to double check Tiger wasn't a character from Beelzebub. Like it's that <laughs> sort of name. But like it's the the art preview that's shown as well. Like it feels very on point as well as being you know it's a battle romantic comedy. That's only a small turn away from the battle gag manga that was Beelzebub. Like. It, it's what Tamara is good at, but like I, I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by like how much it resembles their previous work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I remember reading all of Beelzebub, and um, like overall, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Like my my problem with Beelzebub is I thought it was, I thought it was a lot better at being funny than it was trying to be an action story. Especially near the end, because obviously uh, the the I, I think we can all agree that I think the last arc or so, especially the very end of Beelzebub, might have been a bit rushed. Um, I I I feel very presumptuous saying that, but I don't know. I felt like it was hmm. kind of obvious. Oh no, it 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 was having like a fall in popularity at the time. I feel like that's a fair guess. Uh, at the same time, like I I I really liked Beelzebub. It helped that like. I knew several people online who I talked to regularly who were, like, massive fans of Beelzebub and, like, sold me on some of the aspects I wasn't sure of. But, like, it, it felt like a 90s throwback whilst still reading better than that would be. <laughs> I never read Beelzebub because my friends at Amateur's Revelation didn't like it, but they don't like a lot of things, so maybe I should check it out sometime. <laughs> so- sounds like my friends, too. <laughs> Everyone needs to be like me and just like everything a little bit. Except, well, I say I like everything a little bit. I do slag off a lot of things whenever I appear on this, don't I? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. You, it's I'm, it's I'm okay, so Maxie. You, you, can, you can hate or dislike things. I do that all the time, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only, only... Uh, sorry, that's Only just, that's when the, I read Black Clover. <laughs> bit of Black Clover fan in me. <laughs> uh, we know. Okay, um, 
Sid, please, please read off this next one because um, I am probably the most interested in this one, and I think when you when you read it off, most people will understand why. Yeah, the next one is Doctor Stone by uh, Boichi and written by Richiru Inagaki of uh, I Shield Twenty One fame. He was the writer of I Shield Twenty One, and it's going to be a science fiction adventure series that follows what happens when the world's biggest ever crisis arrives, and it'll come out on the 14th issue on March 6th, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can, I'm really excited to see more work from Inagaki, because I, I, I legitimately love, uh, a lot of the character writing in Shield 21, like, I thought, I thought the characters were probably the strongest part of Shield 21, aside from Yusuke Murata's pretty much godlike art, hmm. um, but he he had to grow to get to the point where his art was godlike. Like those first few volumes, he was still like, uh, you know, he was an amateur. He he learned drawing that series. That's not me calling them bad. Don't oh, get yeah, me wrong. I mean, but I mean, like yeah, I... that that is. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It's like slam dunk. It's a series where the artist just grows an insane amount throughout the entire run. Like I I can't believe how far he I came. Know. Like, and I, I totally agree with that. His art. Com- compared to his later stuff is not as good but i still i still enjoy his style even very early on mm. it, it, it's good throughout like it's just a different sort of good as it goes uh also like I, i've got to say this with dr stone uh so this is cool for a couple of reasons one uh Boichi's already been doing interviews talking about this but like uh they're, they're taking on a, a second serialization they've been doing another one over in another magazine for a different company and like it's for an artist who renders stuff as heavily as Boichi does like that's quite notable to be like, oh yeah, I can keep up with this pace. And like, neither of them are limited series; they're ongoing. Uh, but also, Boichi's the first non-Japanese artist to work for Shonen Jump ever. Wow! Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know this. Yeah, like that's like never mind the six series thing. This is a, a South Korean breaking into a magazine that has been so. Not opposed to, but just just never seen the need to serialize an artist who's not from Japan. Wow, that's and like and and they picked the best one for it. Like Boichi's a phenomenon at this point, but like that that makes this serialization round. This is going to be one for like the history books as far as Weekly Shonen Jump goes. Wow, yeah, it it is worth noting that uh, Boichi is. Um... I believe, yeah, the illustrator of uh, Sun Ken Rock, which you can read on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's well worth to read. They also did a spin-off uh, of the Young Jump series Terraformers. They did Asimov, but I I don't know how well that did, and I've seen nothing <laughs> from it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm bad at keeping up with uh, the million spin-offs that Terraformers <laughs> gets. Yeah, so, so this one in particular... Um, I mean, again, the premise so far of what we know of it is sounds pretty vague, but like I'm, they got a good duo behind this because from 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 the little I've seen of Sun Ken Rock, I think the art looks gorgeous, and I, again, like Inagaki, you know, him being basically the the guy behind Ice Shield Twenty One, like there's no way I I can't give this a shot. There's no way I'm not going to, and I real this is the one I want them to pick up. Assuming it's good. Have you, have you guys seen the, uh, the the teaser visual that uh, came out for... I mean, obviously, they've all had the teaser visual come out, but the one for Dr. Stone in particular is fantastic. Like, it, it's it got a, a pig on a skewer, like, sort of giant food, which is very shown and jump, and, like, an ignited poison bowl. It's 
it's so over the top that I'm just, I'm stoked just seeing it. Yeah, yeah, this is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I don't know, what about you, Sid? Well, I mean, it not, like, having only had a limited experience with iShow 21, and the, the premise is not having, like, well, the premise isn't, like, too fleshed up. Like, it's it's something, like, I'm interested in, but I'm not, like, super excited about. Actually, the one that I'm actually most looking forward to and really interested in is Robot X Laser Beam by Tadoshi Fujimaki of Kuroko's Basketball Thing. I don't think you have to say the X. Yeah, it's probably a Hunter Hunter thing, so it's probably just pronounced Robot Laser Beam. Yeah, that's coming out of the 16th issue on March 18th, and it's a, it's a high school golfing manga that's about a boy whose nickname is Robot, who encounters y'all for the first time, and I'm excited, I, I look, I've been looking forward to this since, ever since Fujimaki, like, first mentioned that he wanted to do a golfing manga next, after Kuroko's Basketball, so I've been looking forward to seeing, like, oh, when is Fujimaki gonna make that golfing manga, and yeah, now it's finally here, he's He's making the golfing manga, and I think that this... I really like the character design for Robot. Like, he looks really interesting. And uh, also, I think that the series could turn out to be, like, this really fun, crazy uh, sports series that it takes kind of the ridiculous elements of Kuroko, but it plays them for comedic streams. But it's also really interesting to me because, you know, it's the first golfing manga that's been in jump since... I At least I think it's the first one since Rising Impact. It absolutely is. And, you know, as someone who has spent a lot of his summers playing golf, you know, I, I have, I've been looking forward to reading a golfing manga and a, a, jump, a golfing manga and jump. And from Fujimaki, I think, like, it could turn out really great. So, yeah, this, this is the one I'm actually looking forward to the most because it has, like, it seems to have all the right elements in place to be something that I could really get into. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one too. Even though I uh, I haven't read enough uh, Kuroko's Basketball to uh, become excited, so I, I'm I'm on the opposite spectrum here, like Sid was with uh, the last one. But I'll, I'll definitely give it a chance. I like it. It's definitely it's definitely one of the more unique uh, titles that seem to be coming out of these uh, six new Jump series. Robot Laser Beam e- easily has the best look. Like I mean, it's I I'm not hot on whenever a series just has like the sort of dark-haired kid in a school uniform with glasses doing stuff, and it's stupid that just seeing red hair on uh, on Robot makes me like, yeah, this will be different. <laughs> but, like, it's... It, it's a stronger design for it, because it pops out as an unusual thing, like red hair being such an anomaly to Japan. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I personally think what they're going to do in terms of picking these up for uh, the Viz Jump is they're probably going to go with the latter half of these new series, basically yeah. the ones that are all that are all being done by people with other previous pretty famous works. Yeah, that's that's what I'm expecting too. I mean, I haven't read it yet, but a part of me is pulling for the romantic comedy, the romance one, just because I do want to see a new romance series in the English jump. But I, you know. I, I feel like out of the first three that. Again, not having read anything and just being very speculative, I think maybe the that one probably has the best chance of being picked up out of those first three. Yeah, but it, it all depends on space and reception, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean it's it's got a, a great creator like uh, Magical Patricia Kasaki Chan was pretty good as far as like Jump Plus spin offs went. Like it was funny and well drawn. 
Uh, and like going from the key visual, it, it looks nice. Like the, the only one of these that actually looks visually unpleasant by like the key visuals I put out is under 19, uh, which looks a, just a little too, uh, typical, I guess. Like it makes me think of stuff like Demon's Pan and Amalgama Distortion and that. Like I wouldn't write off any of them being picked up by Viz. You know, they pay attention to their polls. It's not always about how well they're received in Japan, although, you can bet they'll be watching those first three series uh, with whatever information they get before then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, for all we know, uh, the the robot laser beam manga from Fujimaki might not get picked up at all. We never know. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like the one I would actually put money down on that it's getting in regardless is Dr. Stone. Like, I can't see them not picking it up. Uh, the one I want the most is Robot Laser Beam. Yeah, I think Robot Laser Mean has a decent chance because Kuroko is pretty popular and successful over here. So yeah, well, it I I don't know how how have, do you know how the two in one volumes have been selling? Like, did they ever turn up in any of the sales charts over the week? I don't remember them appearing on that New York Times list, but they seem to be doing pretty well just based on like them talking about them. So. I, I think it might not be selling as well as High Q, but I don't. I think it's doing decently. Yeah, I, I like to feel optimistic about it. I that. mean, to be fair, they Viz was really advertising the hell out of High Q a lot more. Yeah. Well, it's coming out every month. They have to if they want people to be buying it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a big push, which again makes me feel sure that they're going to pick that up at some point this year. Yeah, see, like that that's a really accelerated release schedule. I'm honestly surprised that they haven't put it in jump already, but, you know, it's also a matter of space and, you know, of course, like, workload for, like, certain people. Like, uh, again... Oh, yeah, like, whoever's translating Haikyuu right now has had to do it much faster than most uh, of the Shonen Jump label volumes come out. So, like, I, I couldn't blame them for, A, wanting to keep a unified translation, like have it be the same person, but also to not expect them to do a weekly chapter as well as a monthly book. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they really only have so many people, I think, working on uh, stuff for the Viz Jump anyway, right? Yeah, it, it's not a huge team at all. Like, for the undertaking they're doing, yeah. it's a lot lower than you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think this will be a good round of jump starts. I'm I'm really looking forward to these, and I think um, yeah, by the time uh, we record our next episode, we should probably uh, talk about uh, that very first one that comes out. Because yeah, I I just realized yeah, like Sid said, by the time uh, by the time this episode is out, uh, people have already read. We never learned, so uh, we might as well also talk about the first chapter of that on the next episode. Yeah. Definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how these new jump starts turn out. I think this is pretty exciting time. So we get a whole incredible batch of fresh blood and returning talent coming in and there's some exciting things on the horizon, I think. Maxi, uh, h- h- how do you feel being uh, our resident sh- uh, Shonen Jump enthusiast? Uh, I-, I think as it goes, this I-, I never feel super confident there'll be more than one success out of a round, but this round's so big and it has so much going on like i i could see this actually kind of upending jump in a lot of ways like there's every possibility that like this could have enough successes in it i mean if if five of these do well that would be unheard of it like but if you had heck even four if even four did well 
like that could wipe out so many like middling to low popularity series like that would be it for them and it would kind of this is a chance to reform jump as a very different magazine which is mental really like they they've never done this before i can't even begin to imagine what the outcome's going to be. There is every possibility all six will do terrible and be cancelled, but I can't see that happening. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a that's the like uh, as far as extremes go. That's the pretty worst case scenario. But I don't I don't think that'll happen. I mean, I I I can't imagine a world where Doctor Stone or Robot Laser Beam does bad either side of the world. Like they they have the team behind them super strong. If those comics have the quality you expect from them then they could just be brand new hits. Yeah. Uh, the others, I, I'm ready to be surprised, even by under 19, but I'm not I'm not expecting much. You know, high hopes, low expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. But I guess this also means, just one last thing before we go, I guess this also means we're going to say goodbye to a series like, uh, like Demon's Plan and Amalgam of Distortion and... Uh, Oh god, I'm I'm forgetting a few of the other ones. Ole uh, Galazzo is almost definitely gone. Yeah. Oh oh yeah, that's right. I was I was really hoping that would kind of stay because that like I really I really like the style of that yeah. of that comic a lot. It, yeah, it had a really strong start. I think uh, by all accounts of what I'm hearing from other people, it's not really managed to do much with that beginning. Like it's got in that sort of weird trap of doing smaller, not full team games and like little asides and stuff instead of actually, you know, getting to some matches and doing some exciting sports stuff, which is probably why it's dying. But uh, yeah. like you know, that it started off real strong. It was nice. Uh, it's weird because World Trigger's on hiatus and. Uh, Spring Weapon Number One's got on a color page. Like I, I'm struggling to think of more than four series that could be ending. Like it's literally to me, it's been straightened up and nose free. There's also this rumor. Like I don't really know the source of this rumor, but it's been a rumor that's circulating that World Trigger might move to Jump Square. So you know that might open up more space in Jump. And that might work out, but that might work out better for Ashigara in terms of workload. And maybe they they put a lot of polish into that work, and like it's clearly done them damage on a weekly schedule. At yeah. the same time, like I, there's always that fear when Sonic moves to Square. I feel like I'm holding my breath and waiting to hear that it's moved to Square Crown because they can't even keep up that pace. Like it's just it seems to be where artists who struggle just have to go and get worse, you know. But. I mean, let's let's hope that's not the case. Well, as long as it works out well for da- Ashihara and we still get it in our English jump, I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. complain about him moving to Jump Square. Even without that, there's every chance that it could just go the Baruto route and become a monthly serial in a Shonen Jump. Like that's true. That that set a pretty good standard for like that that can work, and never mind how many series in like Shonen Sunday and the like have been playing with that sort of format. Like, there's all sorts of things World Trigger could do on its return. Yeah, I mean, like Jump. I think Jump back in the day uh, did have like some manga that didn't run weekly, but it ran just it just came back every now and again. Like, I think Saint Seiya was one of those titles where it didn't run weekly, but like it had a chapter every now and again. Because, you know, those chapters... Mm, although, I, I don't think that was deliberate, though. Maybe. But those chapter lengths, they're pretty big, so... 
I think I think level E had that. Yeah. Uh, the the Yoshiro Takashi series, like it was just kind of published in like in bits and spurts until he was done with it. Hibarkun too, right? That was that was a short series, but it was published over two years. Uh, that that was definitely not intentional. Uh, Hisashi Yaguchi uh kept having frustrations with the weekly publishing schedule. Uh, like refused to push themselves further, and eventually just. Uh, kind of decided to stop and like went screw it all, which is a shame because it was incredibly popular. Uh, and kind of means that a lot of fans have a lot of bad blood towards Aguchi. Uh, to, to say nothing of when the Kanzenban editions came out and it's like, oh, I'll probably draw an ending to the series. And the final volume just has like a written note that's like, I didn't want to draw the end of the series. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, that, that's frustrating. Yeah, no, it's it's a hard life being a fan of Hisashi Yaguchi because he's an asshole within reasonable terms because it's usually just he doesn't want to do stuff because he has the ability to relax. Like, he's he's what everyone says Tagashi is. But instead of Dragon Quest, it's that he likes just doodling fashion stuff instead. I think he said, he yeah, I think he said recently that Tagashi picked up his habit of taking hiatuses from him. <laughs> like, so. yeah. Which is oh, wow. a cruel, cruel burn. Yeesh. <laughs> um, I think that's about it for our jump talk, right? Unless there's anything else we want to discuss. Well, did we just generally want to talk about like what how what we speculate is in the future for jump because it is going through a huge transitional period right now. In, in terms of the Viz jump or or weekly Shonen jump, both really. Okay. Um. Yeah, I. As far as the Viz jump goes, I mean, I, I can't really say for sure. I, I, I really hope that they fill in their. Uh, obviously, I hope they fill in their gaps with, uh, with new series. I'll be able to uh, uh, that I will want to read weekly, and then, um, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of wish they would do more one shots. I kind of hope they do more of those, at, at least when they have like you know, magazine breaks due to Japanese holidays and whatnot. Other than that, like, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what else they could do to, uh, uh, improve their format, at least not at the moment. And as far as like weekly Shonen Jump goes, the original weekly Shonen Jump, I couldn't tell you. Uh, all I could say is it's, it's definitely going to be weird when like Gintama's gone. Uh, cause I'm sure we, I'm sure we've said on the podcast before, like, with Gintama gone, the, the two oldest series in the magazine will be One Piece and Hunter Hunter. Yeah, uh, Hunter Hunter isn't around enough. Yeah, so man, I don't I honestly couldn't tell you. But I mean I've I've said it before, but I feel like this is them having learnt lessons from the mid nineties. Like they're they're future proofing here. They're preparing for the facts that, you know, not having Gintama, that could be a loss of readers. They did lose an amount of readers when several other series have ended over the last few years, particularly uh, Naruto. But, like, it wasn't enough to really, I think, have the need to need to build it back up. At the same time, I think dropping circulation levels in general uh, across the board with manga magazines is pushing them this direction. Which is great. Six serials all look good. It's fine. Except for under 19. Looks bad. <laughs> That was my entire thought process there. Oh, oh, hold on. Prediction for uh, Viz Media's Shonen Jump. Uh, this is probably the safest prediction in the world. 
they're going to be running the new Baroni Kenshin series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no way they're not going to. Like, people receive those one-shots really well. Yeah. Like, considering that Restoration was a bit of a... Uh, it wasn't bad by any means, but people weren't really that into it compared to the original. Yeah, and there's a bunch of... And a lot of his staff are huge fans of Kenshin. I mean, Sasaki Hisashi, like, he was the editor of Kenshin. So, you know, mm. I think there's going to be huge interest in, like, publishing the new arc in, in Jump. Which, which, by the way, just, just to kind of put it out there, because I did recently just read those two prologue chapters... I s- I'm so ready for more Kenshin. Yeah. Like like I was I was really afraid that I wasn't going to like it because from from the little I had read of Restoration I just I just wasn't that interested at all. Um and even the Shishio backstory, granted my memory my memory of the series at that point was pretty fuzzy, so I probably would have liked it more if I was if I if I read it, you know, after rereading the Kyoto arc a little more fresh. So I'm probably going to give that another chance because I wasn't, I wasn't, I thought it was interesting, but it didn't really like grab me um, personally. Um, again, that deserves a reread, but. Yeah, this this new prelude though, it's, I, I don't know like how you find it, but it, it feels like it could literally have come out the week after Roni Kinchin ended and it would fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I'm I'm I am ready for this Hokkaido arc. I'm really liking I'm really liking the ideas behind it. Um I like this direction that it could be going. I especially like that uh that you know, this isn't just a story that takes place in like the universe of Kenshin and it's just kind of tangentially related. Like I like that that Kenshin is probably going to be involved somehow, hopefully. Or at least, you know, the char- like the actual characters from from the original Roroni Kenshin are going to be involved somehow. If that like if those last two pages or so are any indication, so I'm 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 super excited for it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it too. I think that overall, you know, back a couple of months when we were originally had this uh, discussion in that long lost episode, it was very uncertain like where Jump would go from here but uh, now with all this new series coming out and i think that actually the future of jump seems pretty secure because there's a lot of returning talent there's also new blood coming in like there's still turnover and there's still some stuff that aren't like hitting it but it seems like they're making a real effort and push to get new talent and returning talent back in there and like to see like what sticks and like experiment a little with like what kind of ideas people are interested in. So I think actually we're going to see a lot of cool new experiments in Jump and like a, some cool new series in Jump 2. So, you know, I, I think that actually going forward, we're going to see a new Jump, but uh, we're, like it's, it'll be a really cool like new era that we're entering into. As far as the Viz Jump goes, uh, yeah, definitely like it's going to be interesting. I'm they're definitely going to pick up three to four new series out of this batch, and hopefully some of those stick around, and uh, they and you will get some great content out of the out of Jump this year, like we already do. But you know, we'll get back up to form after like the mass exodus that happened last year. As far as some other things go, you know, I and there's I have no basis for this, but I wonder if. The Boruto manga might end up switching to a 
weekly or bi-weekly schedule at some point, just because with the new anime that's going to be coming out soon, I feel like they might want to have more story content, and there's probably been a little more time to prepare like that a new story stuff now that they've had a year to like work to you know just focus on redoing the old like movie stuff and now they can like really head forward in with new material but i i don't really know if they'll actually do that but it's just an idea and uh we might see world trigger go to jump square or become monthly but that all depends that's that's also just a rumor but either way i do think that we will see ashihara return at some point and uh I, I think you know there'll be good stuff just in general for every series that's already running this year. I think Promise Neverland will continue to pick up steam, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing like where that goes in particular because that's definitely become like my it's it's basically consistently my favorite manga every week to read. It's been very good lately. Yeah, like 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 it looks like it's kind of coming to a head. Yeah, I mean things are really really building up right now which and like major major things are going to be happening soon with the escape like very uh, approaching on the horizon and all these like all the stuff that is being put into motion so like it, it's really picking up as usual like there's never like a dull moment in that series but yeah just in general i think jump is pretty great right now and i think that it'll continue to be great with all this new content that's coming i i do see like some people online who have opinions on this move and call it like a desperate move on jump's part them trying to find like the biggest new thing or whatever which i don't know what's so desperate about trying out new series like it's not really any different from like what they usually do. It's just more new series this time because there's a lot of slots to fill. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, I agree with that. But I'm also of two minds of this. Like, I can kind of see why they would say that, but like, I also personally think that I I think this will just end up being a good thing. Like, I like it's like you said. I don't I don't see anything wrong with them wanting to f- fill the slots that are now empty. Um, especially like with World Trigger gone at the moment, uh, Gintama probably going to be ending this year, most likely, and you know, and some of these new other newer series that probably aren't doing very well that they probably want to get out the door. Unfortunately for them, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I see this as more of a positive thing, and I just see it as a move that makes sense. It's not, it's not just Jump being like, oh no, we're in trouble. We got to find the next new big thing right now, quick, right now. Yeah, most definitely. It almost feels uh, more confident than if they were just serializing one series. Especially considering how historically, whenever they do only do one series by itself, it tends to flop. Like, six feels like a much more confident effort, like they're going, you will like one of these. Yeah. But yeah, I I think that's about it for our discussion, right? Yeah, so I think now we can just wrap up the show with an email we got from uh, a regular listener, Wayne Morley. He writes, Dear Manga Mavericks, Wayne again. Hope you are having a happy new year. I don't remember this was answered already, but are there any American comics you guys read having been a fan of both manga and comics? I wanted to know what you read. 
So, American comics. Um, well, I'm actually taking a comics analysis course right now, so I, like, will be reading some, uh, comics, uh, like, interesting comics uh, pretty soon. Like, March is on the docket for me to, like, dig into, like, more fully. And then there's also, like, classics that I am ashamed to have not you know, gotten around to yet, like, Fun Home that I'll be, you know, reading. But uh, generally, I, I don't keep, I haven't uh, kept up with a lot of, like, currently running stuff, but I try to, you know, go and dig into uh, things whenever I have the time. Like, uh, there's, on Animation Revelation right now, there's the greatest comic competition that we're doing. So a bunch of the stuff in there I plan to read uh, for that competition. So. Hmm. Um, actually, uh, a little, I forget if it was a late last year or early this year, but pretty, like, like a couple months back, I, I did ask people on Twitter for uh their recommendations of some uh some good american comics i could uh get into because i all because i i so like i have trouble trying to find stuff outside of just superhero comics which as much as i love characters like spider-man and deadpool and whatnot i just i really don't think superhero comics are for me at least uh I, like i have a i have a lot of trouble trying to trying to keep up with them honestly I mean, there's a lot of variety, so you should experiment with different things. Like, uh, I really like, um, Captain Marvel and Power Girl and, uh, Miss Marvel is also pretty good. Like, I, I like, uh, there's some stuff that I like on the Marvel end that's just fun. Turns a pure fun, and turns a pure fun Squirrel Girl is like always great. And of course, Deadpool. I love Deadpool. He's hilarious, so. Like, I don't doubt there's good stuff. I'm just, I just meant in trying to keep up with them because that's part of the reason why I like manga so much is that there's a clear starting and ending point with a lot of series, um, excluding the long running ones. But even then, those are a lot easier for me to keep up because they're, they're so linear and like, like they're not like superhero comics in particular where like there's like this whole big expanded universe and like, you might not get this one thing happening if you don't read this like th- three issue side story thing. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's not something I have the time to keep up with, but something I I like to kind of dabble into a little bit. But my point being is that, uh, you know, I'm still interested in reading other, um, other comics that aren't just manga. I'd like to expand my taste a little bit. So, you know, I, I have an entire list uh, that I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to finish this year. Because I know I'm terrible at managing time, but, uh, you know, there I have a whole list of comics that I'm going to go through and, you know, maybe hopefully pick a few from that list that I want to try to get to this year. So, you know, I, I have a starting point and I'm hoping to get somewhere with that in the next year or so. Now, how about you, Maxi? Boy, howdy, have I got you guys covered. <laughs> I read too many comics on a monthly basis i i am i am a comics person like i i manga came first like uh well kind of uh what really came first was tintin and asterix but like as far as thinking actively that they are comics uh like manga came first then like later on with western ones but there's so much stuff i can recommend for people um if you really like shonen manga a series that finished last year is John Barber and Tom Scioli's Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. It is perhaps the most insane comic I have ever read. It's it's gorgeous, it's weird, it 
it's like someone took every idea they had playing with their toys as a child and turned it into a comic book, and yet it's still somehow greater than that. Like, there's there's not even a good way to explain it. Tom Scioli's art is like if you put Jack Kirby on LSD, which sounds like a really <laughs> trite description. But the thing is, right, that's literally how it looks, and it's all the better for it. Uh, like, that's a big go-to. It's out in three volumes from IDW. There's probably not been a better... Uh, licensed comic in years certainly it's better than any of the superhero stuff that's been coming out lately uh at the same time if you if you like manga a lot uh the sonic comics are super good uh which again they they have a bit of a reputation but there's been a series of one shots under the sonic mega drive label the third one of which is coming out very shortly uh that are drawn by tyson hess who has a very manga informed style that's also got a bit of euro comics in there and a lot of uh animated cartoons and like it's got that sort of perfect sense of story beats and comedy and action stuff that you would associate with manga. Uh, is there anything else I can think of that's a really good suggestion? Uh, if you're a fan of the more sort of thinky uh, pieces, like Motor Girl coming out at the moment from Terry Moore, who did Strangers in Paradise, it's looking like it's going to be a new modern classic that deals with a lot of interesting co- concepts you wouldn't ordinarily see in a comic book, not the least of which being uh, PTSD and hallucinations. Hmm. Uh, have I have I got any other ones that are particularly good off the top of my head? If you are interested in superheroes, uh, it's it's Aquaman and Deathstroke right now. Aquaman's been doing a really weird socio political conflict that's really worked out well in the long run, and uh, I don't even know how best to explain Deathstroke. It's by an author who often does a lot of soapboxy stuff, but like the latest issue has been about gun violence in Chicago, and it's possibly the greatest single issue DC Comics have published ever, which is an interesting thing in itself. Uh, beyond that, if, if read Nailbiter from Image Comics, it's just about to end in issues. The volumes, it's not a huge one, probably like five, six volumes. But it's genuinely scary without having to go down the route of ridiculous gore or some other like weird little gimmick. It's just unnerving to read. Uh, and that's literally every suggestion. Like, oh, Unstoppable Wasp. It's from Marvel. It looks like it's drawn by someone who really liked Sailor Moon. That <laughs> sounds like I'm being cynical. Hmm. It's a good thing. Uh, yeah. So that was just a handful of stuff I just picked off of Comixology just there. <laughs> <laughs> Those all sound pretty cool, actually. Yeah, well, um, I I talk about uh, comic books like every week or so for five minutes at a time for another podcast. So like, my mind's almost always on this stuff. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. Was there more? To the, was there more to the email said? Yes. He asked another question. Um, would you rather have a long running series with a lot of content or a more condensed, well told story? Uh, his examples being One Piece versus Assassination Classroom. He says he knows, being a business, why a good manga loses a lot of steam, like the last half of Naruto and Bleach, so they drag on too long for nothing, wanted our ideas. And uh, it really depends on the type of story. Like, there are clearly some manga that went on past where its natural conclusion was. A series that immediately springs to mind to me is the Karnagod, which had a perfect ending point. But then... Yeah, that just kind of had, like... An extra bit that wasn't needed, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, the final arc kind of just feel, felt unnecessary. Like, it felt it could have just ended the way that, uh, with that match between Hikaru and Akira that you don't see the conclusion of, but like, it still is like, feels like an appropriate ending and for the series and for like that journey of that character. And, uh, we- hell, um, 
well, I'm sorry. I was just going to say how a lot of people, uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised to find out years after I've finished Ice Shield 21 that, like, because uh, there's an entire arc where, like, they pick, a, like, a lot of the best of the high school uh, high school players, like, go face off against te- other high school teams in America, which a lot of people say is pretty unnecessary, but I think uh, just gives us a chance to kind of have, uh, get to basically gives us a lot of great character interaction. Um, but unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people say that, like, that part of the story isn't really necessary that you know they could have just ended the series after they win their big game or whatever but i personally think it's a pretty entertaining arc in it in and of itself but that's just me yeah the weekly manga i, I feel like so, sorry I, I keep doing this to you, so. <laughs> it's okay it's a podcast uh, yeah no with, with my show 21 like it was definitely like an unnecessary extra bit but i feel like it has this thing in common with the end of bleach where i feel like it justified it through how it played out. Uh, no one will agree with me on Bleach. I, I know no one will. But I genuinely feel like that final storyline, after the roughest of starts, actually, like, when it became Ichigo versus Quincy God, that became fantastic. Well, I think the final arc of Bleach, like, all the ideas presented in it were stuff that should have happened, but the execution just wasn't good. Yeah, like, it, it, honestly, Bleach could have ended after Soul Society without yeah. any trouble. But, like, so that kind of did it multiple times, going like, oh, we could have ended here, still going, could have ended here. But, like, I, do, I don't regret any of that, even Hueco Mundo, which I thought was garbage while I was reading it. But in hindsight, it's quite good. Uh, yeah, I, I sure 21, I feel like, justified it better than most. Like, there's not a doubt in my mind there. I mean, I heard that opinion about I Shield 21's final arc a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Maybe. Like, there's a lot of... There's also some manga that, you know, go on past where we might have been a more satisfying conclusion, but we still get good stuff out of it. Dragon Ball always comes to mind to me because, like, you know, you could have ended that with the 23rd Bidokai. That had been a completely satisfying ending. But then we wouldn't have gotten so much great stuff that we got out of the Dragon Ball Z portion of the story. So, you know, yeah. and like, yeah. you could say that for pretty much every arc in the Dragon Ball Z portion, like, oh, you could have ended it here and it'd been perfectly fine. But, you know, we wouldn't have gotten this great stuff. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't feel like being a good short series is necessarily a plus either. Uh, like, I feel like one of the things that's probably uh, damaged Death Note a lot in hindsight is that it's so quickly reread. Because, like, people loved it at the time, and as it's gone on, people found more and more holes because they've read it enough times to kind of go like, oh, I don't like this part of it, I don't like this part, and so on and so forth. Like, it can be a real negative when it comes to uh, being kept in posterity. Yeah, but the thing about Death Note is that people are still going to buy it. Well... Oh, yeah. Well, you say this, they're all buying Tokyo Ghoul now, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) Well, with Death Note, that's another series that people think went on longer than it needed to. Like, no, a lot of people aren't big on the near-mellow portion of the story and feel like the conflict between Light and L was where the series should have just stayed with. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't think, though, that... uh, you know, being a short series means that it would be less relevant or more criticized upon rereads because there's plenty of great short works that, you know, are still regarded as classics like Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, Akira, uh, 
plenty others. That Pluto. I, I think the hard thing as well is what, what do we actually classify as short? Because it varies so much depending on the series. Like Akira is short, but it's still quite a substantial work. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just, like, and I guess people are thinking about, like, series that run for multiple volumes that go into the double digits, and then sometimes you're in... Tr- mm. But then you get, uh, you get series that are, like, uh, like only a couple volumes. Like, Akira's, like, six volumes. I mean, I mean yeah. they're, like, 300-page volumes, but, you know, they, they, you... But it's, it's six. that still would only put it slightly higher, wouldn't yeah. it? Like, and Nausicaa... Uh, Nausicaa's only seven volumes, and then, mm. uh... Uh... Well, uh, here's a good example, like, uh... Enigma is a very short Shonen Jump series by Kenji Sasaki, but it still ran far past the point people thought it should have ended, <laughs> because it only really had that first storyline in mind. Yeah, so it's really all relative. Like the it doesn't the actual number of volumes or pages that a series runs on isn't doesn't really matter so much as like where the story itself and where the natural conclusion felt it should lie and so so it's kind of like does it jump the shark yeah so like naruto for naruto like i think that where naruto ended was the place he needed to end it i don't think like the final arc of naruto was unnecessary i think that it was dragged on too long but i don't think it was unnecessary i think like all the arcs in naruto were important it's just the pacing was not the best at times Naruto kind of it had the ending it always was it always should have had yeah. it just really did a war for about twenty volumes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that does it for Wayne's questions. Uh, he ends off his email uh, saying, "Hope the last email didn't come off as me spirited or rude, just some constructive criticism is all." Which is uh, in response to like his criticisms of Colton judging on the manga fights. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a feeling I'd know what it would be about. That that and the whole podcast schedule and stuff, which, yeah, I know he kind of criticized the schedule at the podcast, which we're trying to fix that now, so... Well, yeah, now now, now with uh, Movie Mavericks and then just all the other side stuff, like, you're, you guys are, like, getting content, new content, like, every week, pretty much, so... Yeah. I think that, I think, you know, we sort of remedied that problem. Now I mean, as... Like, I mean, as far as Manga Mavericks in, partic- in particular goes, we're definitely going to have an episode out at least every other Friday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like between Movie Mavericks and and uh, s- soon soon to be returned Manga Fights uh, in the next couple of months. Yeah, we do. I think I think we got enough content to uh, uh, to satisfy people. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and like honestly. I I know I'm a bad judge. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> You're not a bad judge. They're just kind of weird, <laughs> persnickety jerks, to be honest. <laughs> not to insult your audience, but when it comes down to it, judging's subjective, and it seems a really weird hill to die on when it comes to criticizing a podcast. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Feel free but to I... edit that out if it sounds like I'm just shitting on them. No, I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so confused by it. like I get the impulse to be like your opinion doesn't match mine, therefore it's wrong. But Maxine, that's just the, the internet. That's the internet, you know. It is, isn't it? This is this is why I, this is why I podcast by myself on podcasts people don't <laughs> listen to. I'm safe. 
yeah so i mean it's yeah it's probably better for you that way so that way like you know when when we eventually talk about black clover i can't be like oh well maxi is not that good and then you know you say that like whenever i do an episode on black clover i'm gonna pull you in just to like (laughs) yell at you for 20 minutes (laughs) ideally ideally it'll be a three against one me maxi and uh, another guest against colton and we're all gonna take turns of like exalting the praises of Black Clovers, so that Colden's negativity can be balanced out. I will, I will fight you guys. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh man! Like if only the scheduling worked out, so we could do a three-on-one manga fight. Oh, uh, f- oh fuck that! I, I can't edit any more <laughs> manga fights. At least not now. Uh, I'm j- I'm just barely getting around to editing life lessons. I need to focus on that. My poor baby's been neglected. Um, <laughs> Probably dead at this point. I haven't, I haven't fed, you know, because you know you have to feed a baby. That joke was dead on arrival. I'm gonna edit that out. Uh, but it, it's so appropriate no, 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 considering the next the arc. You're, it's so appropriate considering the next arc you're doing is infant strife. Yeah, that that is true. Um, but uh, th- thank you, Wayne, for that email. I appreciate it. Yeah, and keep sending us more emails and questions at to mangamavericks at gmail dot com. Love reading them. Maxi, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's it was a pleasure as always. It's been real great, even though the room I've been recording in has been getting increasingly hotter the whole time. <laughs> well, well, hopefully we can finish this up real quick so you so you can get some fresh air. Uh, so, Maxi, tell us real quick about because uh, you're 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 about to, if not already, I forget. You know, relaunching Friendship Effort Victory, and uh, you should let people know where to find that. Absolutely. So yeah, Friendship Effort Victory is relaunched as a site and a podcast, so I'm doing more written work as well. Uh, the po- the written posts are going up uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday right now over at friendshipeffortvictory.com, uh, because it turns out it's a lot easier for people to go to your site if you have a proper URL. Um, and the podcast itself, uh, I'm going to be keeping people updated as it goes. Uh, I don't have a start date for it. But the actual episodes that are going up are confirmed and up on the site listed for everyone to see. Uh, which, again, are my seven favorite manga that aren't called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Because I don't know how to do a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I mean, I'll have to do parts one to five, then a separate one for six, and then a separate one for some of Steel Ball Run. Like, I've limited myself in a weird way with the whole weekly show and jump format there. But uh, yeah, so stuff's happening there. It's very exciting. Article about the way nostalgia works in Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Links is up right now. On Tuesday, there's going to be some stuff about the latest jump start in Weekly Shonen Jump, uh, which seems a bit of a, you know, a bit of an intense effort there, considering I've not read it as of the time of recording. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's going to be some stuff. It's going to be good. You can also find me on Twitter at MaxiTheB, uh, which was just another case of me shortening things down uh, so slowly just trying to make it easier than people having to struggle with my surname. Well, there you go. Follow all of Maxi's stuff, because he really does do a lot of great stuff, as as you've heard on this show. Uh, Maxi loves Shonen Jump just as much as me and Sid do. Maybe even more. I don't know. I'd be willing to uh, give him a nudge there, but... Uh... Some would say I love it too much for a 26-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, as as somebody who's only three years younger than you, I'm I'm not that far off. Give it a couple of years. Yeah, true. We all should have graduated long ago. Like, as far as Shining Jump goes, we were supposed to have stopped at uh, twenty one. I think is the cutoff point for graduation. Oh, hey, I'm I'm still in the range then. Uh, oh, you're so you, you awful person. 
Hey, I'm, I'm going to read Jump until I'm probably dead. I'm going to be on my deathbed reading Jump. It's confirmed. Uh, so, yeah, just go follow all his stuff. Like, it's it's good, and I love it. I've been a, I really have been a fan of Maxi for a long time, and I'm really glad that I get the chance to talk to him as much as I do now. But, uh, but yeah, I guess, uh, Sid, what about you? What about your stuff? Yeah, you can find me as Lomramayasha on Animation Revelation, Miami List, Kitsu, and Twitter. And you can also check out my art at Sid Gupta's Awesome Art blog on Tumblr. And, yeah, that's basically where you can find me. I'm on Interhead IADs right now, which means, like, I don't tweet often or, po- or like, post often or stuff. But, uh, you know, if you direct message me, I'll definitely respond to you. All right. Uh, you can find me if you like any of my opinions. I'm Colton. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. That's S-N-I-P-E-R-K-I-N-G-323. I do a lot of other podcasts. Basically, if you like Gintama, go listen to Life Lessons, the Gintama Market Cast at GintalifeLessons.wordpress.com. If you like Detective Conan slash Case Close, go listen to One Podcast Prevails at OnePodcastPrevails.wordpress.com. Um, but, you know, as for this podcast in particular, uh, you want to find more Manga Mavericks or our other uh, sub-podcast. Uh, you can find our show, our shows, at uh, all at allcomic.com. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash allcomic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. Um, but if you want to follow Manga Mavericks in particular, you should really follow us on Twitter at manga underscore mavericks for hopefully the latest updates on the show and the podcast as it's uh, being produced. Uh, you can also follow us on Tumblr.com. That's mangamavericks.tumblr.com. Uh, and just like Sid said, you can email us anything about manga, uh, anything about uh, what your thoughts are in the industry. Uh, what are your thoughts on the New York Times uh, controversies? Uh, your thoughts on these latest jump starts? Uh, what are your thoughts on Maxi? Do you like having him on the show? I hope you do, because we're probably going to have him on at least like uh, a couple more times this year. Uh uh you can uh that's that's just email us anything at manga mavericks at gmail.com and uh, we'll read it on the show uh but the most important thing guys is that you subscribe rate and review us on itunes that's very important oh and also before i forget because sid is going to yell at me if i forget this uh please uh subscribe to us on youtube uh if you feel free to do so uh like sid said earlier we need about 100 uh subscribers to get a custom url so help us out with that uh Mm -hmm. make things a little easier on our end uh We've been posting a lot of uh, great uh, discussions on there. Um, really fun re-listening to some of those, actually. Um, so please subscribe to us on YouTube if you uh, if you would. Um, and I think that's going to be about it for the show. This was episode 24 of Manga Mavericks on AllComic.com. And we will see you guys next time for episode 25. Bye, guys. Sayonara. I almost said, can it chew all? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm keeping, I'm keeping that in.